to the Rank Kings podcast and answers the age-old question, what are our favorite double features? I'm Danny Weiser. With me, as always, is my co-host and the phantom thread to my Devil Wears Prada. It's Ty McGowan. What's up, dude? What's up? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if we're both of those movies, I'm definitely Phantom Thread and you are definitely the Devil yeah. Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah, it feels right. It's a good double feature. They're both closed movies, with like, but with different vibes, but there is like the connecting thing yeah. there. Um, and also like would have made my list if I liked Phantom Thread. Yeah. <laughs> it gets boring. You've got the traditional comedy of the Devil Wears Prada yeah. and Stanley Tucci. Right. So that's all you. Yeah. And then you've got the kind of, you know, Satanist uh, comedy of Paul Thomas Anderson mm-hmm. that I laugh at in the movie theater because people yeah. think I'm a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, when I thought of that, I was like, oh, that's really good. I better make sure Ty likes it. And you had it four and a half. So. Yeah. I felt good about it. It's a great. It's, about that I mean, who doesn't love a love story about, you know, the love of your life poisoning you every like three months to keep you there? <laughs> yeah, me. Me, I don't actually. <laughs> this is the thing. I don't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that I wanted to use that as the intro partially just because I thought it would be good. And also because uh, that's kind of was the idea, I think, behind this episode is two movies that. Uh, have some sort of connecting feature um, and it doesn't have to be a big one um, it, it doesn't even have to be like a main theme I just think the idea of like one random connecting feature between two movies making them double feature I thought it was a cool idea so yeah um, did you give yourself any rules this time any anything that you had to follow yeah there, there's only one of my selections that broke the rules but I didn't want any like sequels yeah. I didn't want any movies Me, that were yeah, directly related to each other because it's more fun yeah. to think of like oh this is like a fun double feature and but they're not mm-hmm. you know sequels yeah same I, I don't have any sequels on my list on purpose um, but if you're ready I'm list A yeah, so let's get why don't we just dive in Okay, so my honorable mentions theme, you know, we love a theme here, um, is a TV show paired with a movie. Okay. Um, and so my first one is Barry, uh, 2018, created by Alec Berg and Bill Hader, and Game Night, also 2018, directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. They both center around people being involved in high-stakes crime that are unwillingly there that really don't want to be there and would rather be doing other things with their lives. The game night, they were literally, were just trying to play a game with their friends. Barry wants to be an actor, wants to get out of crime. Um, I think they're both super fun. They're both really funny. They're both underrated, but there is that one random connecting thread there of uh, like involved in crime and wish they weren't. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Remember when game night came out and then Hollywood was like, Oh, let's make tag where adults play tag. Yeah. <laughs> God, tag sucks. <laughs> what a what a bad follow up. Um, my next honorable mention is Fleabag and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, Fleabag, twenty sixteen, created by Phoebe Waller Bridge. Ferris Bueller, nineteen eighty six, directed by John Hughes. Uh, two of my favorite examples of characters breaking the fourth wall. Oh, okay. Fleabag, she's doing it constantly. She's like in the middle of the scene, turning to the camera to talk to the audience. Ferris just talking to the audience a handful of times throughout the entire movie. And it's normally something that I hate in movies and TV shows, breaking the fourth wall. I think it's hard to do it well, and I think it's normally cheesy and overdone. But I think both of these do it really, really well. Obviously, they're both super funny, but I just love that connector of them breaking the fourth wall and doing it well. Yeah. Um, and my last one, this one's more obvious. It's uh, Only Murders in the Building, 2021, created by John Hoffman and Steve Martin, and Knives Out, 
2019, okay. directed by Ryan Johnson. Both incredibly fun, rewatchable murder mystery whodunits with incredible casts. So both similar vibes, both funny. Um, both have pretty big casts and like very fun, funny casts that work really well together. Easy choice. Nice. That's a good one. It's a, it's the it's the one that I thought of that I was like, oh, that could be my honorable mentions. Theme. You're a big whodunit guy. I love whodunits. They're a good time. Have you seen even like even Death on the Nile, which sucks? I was like, I kind of had fun with this. That movie is terrible. Uh, have you seen mm-hmm. the the new one with Saoirse Ronan? Uh, no, not yet. It is on my list. It's though. really good. I'm a little nervous about the Wes Anderson stuff in everybody's reviews. It's but. it's like the best. It's the parts of Wes Anderson I think you would enjoy. It's just like kind of okay. quirky and and funny. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, no, that's definitely on my once. I I we were talking about this off air right before we started. It's been two months since I watched any movie at all, I, and it's the worst movie drought of my entire life. But once I get back into it, that's certainly on my that, list. Yeah, that's going. Wes Anderson might be a bad comparison. It might be better if it was like Clue plus Agatha Christie. Okay. Yeah, see, I love Clue, but I've, I've read like, haven't even seen the movie. I've read 10 different like reviews and tweets saying Wes Anderson who done it. I think it's getting a lot of Wes Anderson comparisons because it's basically the same cast from French Dispatch. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I am excited about seeing that one once I can convince myself to sit in front of a TV for two hours at a time. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. I'll get into my honorable mentions. My theme is double feature holidays. So cool. double features you can watch on a holiday. First one up is Halloween. Love yeah. some Halloween movies. Um, first is Evil Dead 2, directed by Sam Raimi. Came out in 1987. Um, this is hilarious. I mean, it's a great way to start this double feature. Um, Bruce Campbell, incredible actor. Sam Raimi, this is kind of the start of him, like, basically not inventing camp, but, you know, perfecting it. Yeah. Um, And then you follow that with The Exorcist, a movie that you love. Um, (sighs) Came out in 1973, directed by William Friedkin. This is my go-to Halloween movie every single year. This is the best horror movie ever made. And it's a great way to, you know, end your night, you know, go to bed happy after watching The Exorcist. (laughs) I can't imagine watching that every single year. I would die. (laughs) It's amazing. I would die. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> Awful. It's so bad. Okay, we'll get into more happy movies then, because this next one's Christmas Eve. Big movie night Perfect. in my family. Uh, first, you have to start out with Elf. Look, yeah. I know Will Ferrell's like no longer cool now, just because he's made like mm-hmm. bad movies. But you know, Elf is still like one of the greatest Christmas movies yeah. ever. It's hilarious. Elf rules. It, it will never not be hilarious. Um, I mean, just watching Will Ferrell in the elf world where everything is like, he's like three times mm-hmm. big, bigger than everything around him. It's, it's funny. It's just, it's just objectively funny. Yeah, it's, funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like smart humor, but it's funny. Right. <laughs> Listen, not everything needs to be smart humor, you know? And, you know, it's a movie that me and my family quote all the time. Like we constantly say these toilets are ginormous. Um, <laughs> and then you follow that with It's a Wonderful Life. The best Christmas yeah. Eve movie it's so good. It's I watch this every single Christmas Eve before I go to bed. Just, you know, makes your heart happy. Just like The Exorcist. Yep. <laughs> God. <laughs> I can't deal with it, man. Uh, came out in 1946, directed by Frank Capra. Um, yeah, this is a great movie. It's, it's amazing. And I love uh, making my very conservative uh, mom and stepdad uh, 
remind them that this was almost banned because it was a communist. People thought it was a communist movie, and they get really mad about Heck that. Heck yeah. That's the spirit <laughs> of Christmas, baby. <laughs> I'm about like three white Russians deep, and I'm like, hey, y'all know this movie is about communism? <laughs> they get really mad. <laughs> yeah. I was about to ask, you mentioned you watch it like it's one of the last things you do every Christmas Eve. When's the last time you were stone cold sober watching It's Wonderful Oh, Life? man. I don't... <laughs> it's like it's a good question because like even for me i'm like I, I don't drink that much it's like i don't know maybe never maybe like it's like junior year of high school it's <laughs> how <laughs> so you're almost 30 i know <laughs> that was always like the one night like after i turned like 16 yeah. that was like the one night my parents were like okay you can have a drink it's christmas eve like yeah. We're, we're at our ranch. We're, like, nowhere in the city. You can, you know, kind of like... Yeah, the, where all the guns are. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not... I guess I'm not a true Texan because I never had a desire to watch It's a Wonderful Life and then go shoot guns at night. But, you know... Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I promise. Um, okay. And then my last one might be the most underrated movie holiday ever. Mm-hmm. July 4th. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, dude. There's so it's so many. hot outside. You got to come take a break. There's so many movies you can watch, and the best way to approach this is you watch one movie like at noon when you come back from mm-hmm. the beach. You know when it's super like when it's way too hot to be outside. Then you go back to the beach after the movie, and then you come back and watch a movie at night. That's like the perfect yeah. way to do it. Hundred uh, percent. But there's so many different combinations. Um, first, you got to start it out with Independence Day. I mean, come on. Independence mm-hmm. Day, it's great. It came out in 1996, directed by Roland Emmerich. Um, back when Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum were just like the two coolest people in the world. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're, you know, taking names, kicking A and taking names with aliens. Yeah. You know, Welcome to Earth Listen, still like gets me so hype. There are three time, there are three different instances in my life when I feel patriotic. Okay. Yeah. The Olympics. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Anytime a British person says something bad about the United States and when I'm watching Independence Day and I hear the president's speech. Those are the only three times in my entire life I've ever felt patriotic. I've watched this movie on on non-July 4th. That was a weird sentence. I've watched this movie not on July 4th before. The speech doesn't really get to me. But on July 4th (laughs) when I watch this movie, I tear up. Something about it. I tear up every single time. It's a great speech. Um, And then you follow that with the ultimate July 4th movie, Jaws. Came out in 1975, directed by Steven Spielberg. This is one of the greatest movies ever made. And it's great to watch this after you're done swimming in the water. That's the that's important. That's the important thing. You don't want to watch this when you're at the beach, like at noon when you go back to the water. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping you were gonna mention that because it's very important to watch it after you're done at the beach for the day. Uh but yeah, Jaws perfect July 4th movie is great. Obviously, there's others you can put in there. Like you, of course, would probably want to watch Sandlot or you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We I feel like we've done a July Fourth movie, maybe, or talked about it an episode, but it's great. Well, I think yeah. Did we do summer blockbusters? No, we didn't. Summer movies. I think we did summer maybe. movies. Yeah. And it was, so there's a lot of crossover there. But yeah, I watch Sandlot every July Fourth for yeah. sure. Uh, okay. Let's get let's get into my list. My number ten. Uh, this is a shout out to our friend Brandon in the Discord. He's been on an episode before. Um, I talked to him in the Discord a lot. This pick is for him. Okay. Um, the first one is Bloodsport, of course, 1988, directed by Newt Arnold. 
Follow that up with Best of the Best, 1989, directed by Robert Radler. Both incredibly cheesy, over-the-top, unrealistic, but really fun 80s martial arts action movies. Um, sometimes I'm just... You know me at this point. You know sometimes I'm just in the mood to watch a cheesy, dumb movie about people beating each other up. And these are two of the best. Are Is this both um, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies? No, Jean-Claude Van Damme is not in... Best of the best. That's Eric Roberts is the the lead in Best of the You know, he's one of those that guy actors. If you look him up right now, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy in a bunch of stuff, but did not ever know his name. Eric Roberts. Oh, yep. he's a. Uh, yep. Thank he's you. He's the dude from uh, the Batman trilogy, the Nolan Batman trilogy. He's the yeah. mafia dude. Yeah. Thank you. That, oh, is exactly what I was <laughs> What I was waiting He's for. the guy that, uh, I don't know if anything is ever problematic has come out about Eric Roberts, but he has that face where it looks like, mm-hmm. oh, like he's problematic yes. no matter what. Yeah, he's slimy yeah. somehow for <laughs> sure. Um, but apparently like a fairly talented uh, actual kickboxer, and so who's decent in this movie. But yeah, they're both, if you're not into cheesy 80s martial arts movies, you're going to hate both of these. But if you do like that type of movie, they're about as good as it gets. Okay. So easy pick for me. Had to make sure it showed up on my list. It was one of the first ones I thought of, um, and I wanted to make sure and give that shout out to Brandon because we've talked about these movies like in DMs a whole bunch. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, well, this is a shout out to our guest. You know, some call mm-hmm. it pandering. I just call it, right. you know, being nice. Uh, to our guest judges, um, but my next uh, <laughs> my next double feature is mockumentaries. So we're gonna take a step in there. Okay. There's a lot of good mockumentaries. This is Spinal Tap, Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, Waiting for Guffman, right. um, which was filmed in San Marcos, where I am right now. Um, but I'm going with a classic and kind of a new classic. I'm going first best in show. Came out in 2000, okay. directed by Christopher Guest. This is one of the greatest mockumentaries ever. Have you seen this before? No. Oh, my gosh. It's a mockumentary about people who take their dogs to dog shows. It's amazing. <laughs> you would actually love this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, this is hilarious. I watch this all the time. Um, and then next one is What We Do in the Shadows. Nice. Perfect. Came out in 2014, directed by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. This is a perfect mockumentary uh, movie. It's hilarious. I mean, come on. We're we're werewolves, not swearwolves. It's, it's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's, God, that's so good. I love what we do in the shadows. Um, okay, my number nine. This one's going to – I think it's going to resonate with you as well. I know this is a double feature we both have in common. Uh, it's Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Billy Madison, 1995, directed by Tamara Davis. Happy Gilmore, 96, directed by Dennis Dugan. Um, obviously, uh, they have Adam Sandler in common. Mid-90s Adam Sandler is incredible and shaped so much of my humor and what I like. <laughs> like the things that I enjoy. My little brother dressed up as Adam Sandler for Halloween this year, and he just wore really big basketball shorts. <laughs> and then my stepdad's like triple XL golf shirt. In a backwards That's house. awesome. <laughs> That's honestly such a good <laughs> Halloween costume. I love that so much. Um, they're both so funny, so stupid, iconic to everyone that's our age. Like every dude that's in their late 20s to early 30s, like, are in love with yeah. these movies. 
Um, I watched them each a million times growing up. I could quote along with both of them as I'm watching them, like the entire movie, I think. And I've had this exact double feature dozens of times in my life. Yeah. Sometimes you're just really in the mood for mid-90s Adam Sandler, and these two are, are perfect. Yeah, that's a great one. But I would start – got to start with Happy Gilmore and then finish with Billy Madison. Oh, see, I, I just go chronological order because Billy Madison came out first. Ah, see, I go – you got to end with the best one. That's how I have Ooh, all of. I don't know. That's how I have all of mine sorted. So that's why the first movie I mention is the one you start with, and then the one you end with. See, mine mine are sorted by year, but I also didn't really. I think I like Happy Go More more than Billy Madison. Oh, see, I'm opposite. It's close. Yeah. They're both basically perfect, but I think I like Happy Go More better. Yeah, I mean they're great. It's <laughs> it's so sorry. I'm just. Stop remembering how you go more quotes. It's <laughs> Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> yeah, Grizzly Adams had a beard. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> oh, perfect movies. Uh, that's great. That's my dad will watch Happy Gilmore, and every single time that guy's like, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. He's like, that's a real golfer. Like every single time, we're like, we know. We know. We've watched this movie with you a hundred times. We know that's a yeah. real golfer. <laughs> yeah, we know. But thank you. Um, okay, my next double feature, kind of dark, gritty. It's always raining in these cities. I'm gonna start with a movie you love. I know for sure you love. Directed by David Fincher, 1995. It's Seven. Oh, um, okay. Great, you know, psychopath, serial killer movie yeah, my favorite it's so good it's you know it's real dark and gritty and it's always raining for some reason and then somehow they're in the <laughs> desert it doesn't really make a lot of sense but you know whatever um i'm trying to think of what you could pair it with i have a few ideas okay well here, i'm excited to see which so one this one came with. out this year so i'm pairing it with oh. the batman oh yeah. kind of the same vibe it's very fincher-esque the batman is it's that dark gritty the city's kind of a personality to the movie where you've got him yeah. chasing this crazy psychopath serial killer who you don't see his face for the entire movie until the end um but yeah pairing it with the batman because it's definitely like you get that sense that this is like he he made uh matt reeves made a lot of choices to make it look like seven yeah even the color scheme it's a lot like seven yeah See, I was thinking like Blade Runner, but I wasn't sure if you liked Blade Runner. Or I like not. Blade Runner. I don't know if I would pair. I mean, Blade Runner. Now that it has a sequel, you kind of got it. That's why I didn't include it. It's kind of like yeah. If you watch Blade Runner, you got to go Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, I was also thinking Sin City because I know you're a big Zack Snyder head. Sin City is uh, the for worst. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be obsessed okay. with that with that uh, like VHS or DVD cover in in blockbuster because it had jessica hey, why? on it <laughs> and i would just yep. stare at it when i whenever i went into blockbuster my parents were like no 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 keep walking keep walking <laughs> <laughs> um okay my number eight is uh the first one is galaxy quest nice. 1999 directed by dean paris so followed up by star trek 2009 there you go. directed by jj abrams um connectors obvious um it's 2009 Star Trek is a remake of what Galaxy Quest is parodying. So it just, this one felt easy. And I like Galaxy Quest literally is like parody Star Trek. Um, like, I probably, if I had seen them, 
probably would have gone with the older Star Trek since Galaxy Quest literally is parodying those. But I haven't seen the older ones. Uh, I saw the Chris Pine 2009 J.J. Abrams ones first, and those rule. Yeah. Those movies rule so hard, um, and I would rather watch that, I think, than go back and try to watch the really old ones. Um, and Galaxy Quest super funny. Galaxy Quest is hilarious. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's amazing. It's like one of those movies where you kind of forget how funny it is. Because yeah. it's kind of got that stigma of like early 2000s or late 90s, kind of like, ah, eh, you know, whatever. This is just some random movie, but it's really funny. Yeah, I just think it would be cool to watch like a funny, goofy version and then watch like a very good version, like more serious version right after that. I think that'd be a very fun double feature. Yeah, that's a great. It's a great small role from Justin Long, too, who like randomly shows up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. God, Justin Long exists, huh? Yeah. And Dwight Schrute. Whatever Dwight Schrute's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would pair it though if you're going with the old Star Trek, Star Trek for the Voyage Home. Um, it's where okay. they go back in time and they have to save the whales. Um, like very <laughs> 1980s. That's that's the whole point. It, of it's it. hilariously bad. <laughs> wow. It's like so bad that I lo- kind of love it. No, that, I'm actually pretty busy, so I don't know that I have time to watch that one. Sorry. It's it's great. It's a great one. If you want to watch, like oh. This is definitely what they're parodying than watch Star Trek for. Um, but yeah, that's like one of my favorite Star Treks. But yeah, Galaxy Quest. Gosh, what a great movie. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, my number eight. So I'm going with like kids kind of have to save the day here theme for this <laughs> okay. uh, um, double feature. So first one up came out in 2011, directed by J.J. Abrams. It's Super 8. You know, very Ooh, good movie. Very Spielbergy, which is my next one mm-hmm. is also very Spielbergy, but also not directed by Spielberg. Um, this is you know about a bunch of kids that are making a movie, and then they have to save the day from from aliens and stuff like that. Also, great uh, Kyle Chandler as a dad role, which he yeah. excels at more than any other. Ooh, Friday Night Lights and Super Eight would have been a fun one for my honorable mentions. Well, Just you could, dad, Kyle you could do anything. You could do like the Kyle Chandler double features. You can go like Friday Night Lights, yeah. this Friday Night Lights, Godzilla versus the monsters. Yeah. Uh, what he's in? He's yeah. in another one. Super Eight and Godzilla King of the Monsters yeah. also would have been a fun pick. <laughs> well, that's great because you could sort do of mon- Kyle, mon- Kyle Chandler mon- dad yeah. double feature, and then like Kaiju double feature yeah uh yeah but yeah that would have been a good one. super eight came out in 2011 directed by jj abrams this might be my favorite jj abrams movie it's really good it's really good i like it a mm-hmm. lot um but i think i like the star trek movies more and then force awakens obviously oh yeah i always um, forget about force awakens uh i do but love if force you're awakens. if you're like remove if you're not considering big franchises then yeah for sure yeah but yeah so you pair super eight with the goonies a bunch of kids oh, going yeah. to save the day, just being ridiculous and funny. It's got that Spielberg feel, but not directed by Spielberg. Um, you know, came out in 1985, directed by Richard Donner. Um, has one of the greatest movie lines in history. You know, it's our time down here. Down here, it's our time. It's their time up there. Up there, it's their time. <laughs> stupid, stupid line. Uh, but yeah, this is a great movie. It's amazing. Um, I don't care how, you know ridiculous it is that chunk is just like hey sloth you're gonna come live with my family now i'm gonna cry every single yeah. time <laughs> yeah every single it's time. it's so dumb but i get it <laughs> every single time or when uh when data says 
or when Data's dad says, you were my best in- invention, and I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> stop. It's yeah, a good line. I almost had, uh, I was, I, it was on like, it was on my short list. Like, I think I probably, it was on my list when I cut it down to like 13. Um, the Goonies and Stand By Me Ooh. almost made my double feature list. That's a good one. Stand By Me yeah. gets a little bit too dark to compare it to yeah. the Goonies. <laughs> Yeah, they, I mean they're both similar. I mean, they both follow a group of kids trying to do something that kids probably shouldn't be doing, going on an adventure. Yeah. But yeah, definitely different vibes. Stand by me, dude. Uh, I freaking love that movie, but it makes me it makes me so sad because River Phoenix is just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, dude, you would have been the best Phoenix. Like you're such a good actor. Like that <laughs> movie the and uh, <laughs> the Last Crusade, uh, Indiana yeah. Jones: The Last Crusade, where like Harrison Ford was like. Only this kid is gonna play me, and I'm like, God, dude, yeah. he just too soon. He would have been the best Phoenix. Yeah, and yeah. Joaquin Phoenix oh, is like you, one of my favorite actors. Did you see the Matthew Perry thing about River Phoenix recently? No, Matthew Perry, Sorry, Chandler we, from Friends. Yeah, he's he wrote a memoir apparently, and so he's been like being interviewed a bunch, and he has this random quote where he was like. Uh, why the hell are guys like Keanu Reeves still alive when we lost guys like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger? Like, yeah, is it sad that River Phoenix and Heath Ledger have passed? Yeah, obviously, but why are we throwing Keanu Reeves through the mud? What was that Wait, for? Like, it's just a problem. I don't understand the analogy. Exactly, there. that's the point. Yeah, there's not one. That's the whole point. <laughs> he just randomly decided to say, I wish Keanu Reeves was dead instead of these guys. Good God. It's just a really bad way to go about it. Sorry, I, the, Ellen's not even here. Why are we talking celebrity <laughs> gossip? Sorry. Um, okay, my number seven. Uh, you started off with Monty Python and the Holy Grail, 1975, directed by Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. And you follow it up with Robin Hood Men in Tights from 1993, directed by Mel Brooks. Um, it's two of my favorite examples of over-the-top parody style of comedy, and they both take place around the time of the Crusades and do an incredible job of making fun of it. So similar time periods, similar vibe movies. I think Robin Hood Men and Tights is much worse. Like if I just looking at it as a movie, like it's much more poorly made and written and directed and acted, but I still think it's so funny. My brother loved this movie. I have an older brother. He loved this movie when, I, when we were growing up. So I saw it a ton. And so there's a lot of nostalgia there for it, but it's just, I, th- this, this style of comedy, this like parody style over the top parody style of comedy can get really old and really crappy, especially like early to mid two thousands. It seemed like they made like 10 of those types of movies a year. You yeah. remember like they did, they did scary movie, which is pretty funny. And then they made like 40 different versions of that and they all sucked really bad. Um, like these these are two of my favorite examples of that type of humor um i would also suggest watching the kevin costner robin hood and then mm-hmm. watching robin hood men in tights because that's, that's also i thought that's about it. the movie that it's making fun of and i did that one day and it's the men in tights movie is 10 times more hilarious because of that yeah I thought about it, but then I was like, I don't want to sit through the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie. I would much rather watch Monty Python. It's the only good thing about the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie is you can sit there and just be like, wait, what? He just said that in an American, like he just switched to an American accent. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. What yeah. are we doing here? God, Kevin Costner, if he had just stuck to sports movies, like, man, he would be a treasure. But he had well, to try to go out, go out of his Sports show. movies and Waterworld. I don't want to lose Waterworld. 
Waterworld could have been good, Ty. We could have gotten a good Waterworld, and I think it would be better if Kevin Costner was not involved. I don't know. Kevin Costner peeing into a cup and then drinking it is that's cinematic. <laughs> that's cinematic perfection. We just get so many stories from behind the scenes of that movie where they're like, yeah, we wanted to do something different than Kevin Costner came in and said, no, we're doing it my way. That movie sucks. I love that movie. Um, okay. Well, you just did a Mel Brooks movie, so my next double feature is two Mel Brooks movies. Um, nice. The best Mel Brooks movies. Um, sorry, Spaceballs did not make the cut. Um, but wow. I'm, the first one you got to watch is 1974 Young Fr- Frankenstein. Um, okay. <laughs> probably your, would I guess this is your favorite black and white movie? Seven Samurai. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, but yeah, this movie is hilarious. I do like it yeah, though. Gene Wilder is amazing. Um, Madeline Kahn, one of the funniest people who ever lived. Uh, 100%. this is awesome. I love this movie so much. And the guy, Peter Boyle, who plays Frankenstein's monster is just hilarious. I mean, I think most people just remember him as the dad from everybody loves Ray Raymond. Is mm-hmm. that the one? Yeah. He's in one of those. Um, no, you're thinking of Everybody Loves Chris? The, yeah, what am I the, thinking? Or Everybody Hates Chris? Yeah. Sorry, the Chris What's Rock the, childhood movie. The Raymond wound. Everybody Loves Raymond. You oh, got okay. It. I was just messing with you. <laughs> no, there's just like a bunch of like that TV show, like King of Queens. I yeah. get that mixed up. Or yeah, they're all the children. same yeah. Um, But yeah, Young Fra- Frankenstein, make sure you get that right, um, is amazing. And then what's even crazier, it, this other movie came out in the same year. These two movies came out in the same year. Blazing Saddles. Ooh. One of the greatest comedies of all time. I think this, this like, holds up even, like, in the culture today. Like, I think a lot of people are like, this should be canceled. But I'm like, yo, he's, like, making fun of people that think like this. Like, you understand that, right? Uh, But uh, Cleveland Little and Gene Wilder, some of the best on-screen chemistry I've ever seen in my entire life. When Gene Wilder's just, like, you know – Salt of the earth. They're, you know, people of the land. You know, morons. That was a <laughs> genuine, uh, Cleveland Little genuinely laughed. He wasn't supposed to laugh when Gene yeah. Wilder said that line. He genuinely laughed. Um, but yeah, Blazing Saddles, one of the first like rated R movies that my parents let me watch because everyone mm-hmm. in my family loves it. But this is, like, to this day, I watch this at least twice a year. I love Blazing Saddles. But you got to yeah. – I also watch that movie a ton with my dad as yeah. a kid. Young Frankenstein followed by Blazing Saddles. That's great. That's a good day. And if you want to make it a quadruple quadruple feature, you go Robin Hood, Men in Tights, uh, Spaceballs, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, that's a good day. Yeah. That's a very good day. Um, okay, my number six, pretty obvious, the connector here because they're – very similar, cut from the same cloth type movies. It's Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland. Oh, cool. Okay, Shaun of the Dead is also in my next one. Nice. Shaun of the Dead, 2004, directed by Edgar Wright. Zombieland, 2009, directed by Ruben Fleischer. Obviously both zombie movies, but not the hacker, slasher, doom and gloom, walking dead type of zombie movies right. that I'm just not I'm not super into. I get it. The apocalypse sucks. The zombie apocalypse would be the worst thing. I don't need to be like... <laughs> I don't need nuance in there. It would just suck, you know. Um, they're both really funny. They have great characters while also still being bloody violent zombie movies. They're not just like, they don't make me depressed. They're, they're super entertaining, super funny. This one's obvious. It's just, it's a good pick, I think. Yeah, that's a great one. 
that Shaun the Dead is is so good. It's A plus. Yeah, I think I love both. I like Zombieland, admittedly, more than most. I think, but Shaun of the Dead is definitely better. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, my next double feature is Edgar Wright. So, kind of did the same thing with nice. with Mel Brooks, but I did my two favorite Edgar Wright movies, um, and I'm going with Shaun of the Dead, amazing, mm-hmm. and Hot Fuzz, also nice. amazing. Came out in 2007, uh, but yeah, it's great. I mean, the satire of you know making fun of every zombie movie to the making fun of every action movie is just amazing. When that yeah. that scene where they start killing all of the old people in town is perfection. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Olivia Coleman hitting uh, the assistant store manager with the um, the floor's wet sign and then saying nothing like a bit of girl on girl is peak. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you. One of the greatest line deliveries of all time. And I don't yeah. care. Oscar winner Olivia Coleman is one of the greatest actresses to ever live. That is her greatest line. I, I will yeah, die on that hill. That is, she invented comedic timing when she said that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have talked a lot on the show. She is sneakily one of the, maybe the funniest actress. Ever. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. Doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> uh, it's great. Big. The Cornetto trilogy just absolutely rules. Yeah. I like to, um, I like to approach it. That's like my machete. I like to do it like the Cornetto just, you know. Yeah. What is it? I don't know. I don't know what you would call two movies, but I don't. At World's End is okay, but it's just okay. Right. You can skip it. I feel that. Um, okay, my number five is actually uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago on this show. It's Little Big League and Moneyball. Oh, there you go. Did you get this Little idea because of yes. us talking about it like this? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we we had this episode scheduled way before we recorded that episode, but the, us talking about it made me put it on right. my list yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, Little Big League, nineteen ninety four, directed by Andrew Scheinman. Moneyball, twenty eleven, directed by Met- Bennett Miller. Um, they're both movies about weirdly managing a baseball club, like weird roundabout ways of managing a baseball club. You had a fun thought of Moneyball sort of being a spiritual sequel to <laughs> Little Big League, which was very very funny, and I could not get it out of my head. And so, just the idea of watching those back to back and comparing them was so funny. Little Big League, obviously, just it's a child running <laughs> running a baseball club and coaching it himself moneyball is trying to reinvent how baseball clubs are managed so sort of same vague idea definitely very different movies both incredible movies but i just when you said that on that episode i could not get that idea out of my head hey man kids are smart these days i played ball down in venezuela <laughs> they were all speaking spanish <laughs> they, they speak spanish in venezuela yeah that's what i'm saying I know. <laughs> yeah man <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, little big. I mean, Moneyball I'll talk about it forever. By, how little big league is one of the best movies of all times. Moneyball is written by Aaron Sorkin, arguably the greatest screenwriter of all time, and that line is still mm. better than anything in Moneyball. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Sorkin's <laughs> never written anything as fun as that. Funny as that line for sure. So yeah, I love both of these movies. We love baseball movies. Baseball is the best sport to make movies about for oh, sure. Yeah. I don't think it's even close. Um, but yeah, I th- I just. You said that you said Moneyball was a spiritual sequel to Little Big League, and it's been stuck in my head ever since then. Okay, that if that Twins team is going up against uh, that Oakland Athletics team, which I think they would, right? They're both in the American League. No, yeah, are they? Yeah, the Twins are in the yeah. AL Central. Okay, so it's the ALCS. Who's winning uh-huh. a series of seven? Okay, interesting. I think the Twins. Because I think that 
pitcher Bowers would prank Miguel Tejada and Miguel Tejada would blow a fuse and get kicked out of the series. Okay, but you also got to remember that they don't talk about this in Moneyball. The A's had like the two greatest pitchers that yeah. year. So. <laughs> yeah, they had Barry Zito and uh, his name is slipping me slipping my memory. Oh, I should just remember I, Barry Zito. Why can't I remember his name? Okay, sorry. You can go on to your but, next pick. Uh, what do you think they went in seven, or do you think they you think it's like a gentleman's sweep where they went in five, or do you think they just sweep the A's? I mean, I th- I think the A that A's team is a better team. Wait, I think the um, A's lost to the Twins in the playoffs that year. Oh, in real life, really? I think they did. Really, I don't remember. I don't, I try not to pay too much attention to the Oakland Athletics. Um. Oh, Tim Hudson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had like, yeah, they had an incredible pitching staff. They had Miguel Tejada. They had all stars. Yeah, never met. They never um, mentioned Miguel Tejada. The, Jeremy Pena the wasn't had a first baseman who was a real fan. <laughs> never, he was never on the team. Yeah. Uh, they only mentioned Eric Chavez once, even though he was like the greatest defending third baseman for the, the next like five years. <laughs> yeah. And then the twins had a, a bunch of guys who can't do math and a first baseman who's boning the manager's mom. So not like the, definitely more of a ragtag group, but I do think Bowers would prank, pull a prank on Miguel Tejada, and Miguel Tejada would physically assault someone and get kicked out of that series. He, so he's dropping that's the deciding factor. Dropping water balloons on his head as he leaves the hotel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then Miguel Tejada beats him with a bat <laughs> and gets kicked out. So I think that's the deciding factor. Uh, okay, that's a fun. That's a fun episode. Which yeah. fictional fictional teams versus fictional teams in movies? Who would win? <laughs> God, yeah, that might have to be. We'd, somebody on our Discord wanted us to do a debate style episode. We may have to do that. Just we each pick a team in a debate. Yeah. Um, okay, my number five. I'm going with the Spider-Man theme. So I'm going with the two best Spider-Man movies. I don't care if one's a sequel. Um, I'm going with them anyway. You can watch them all individually anyway and they're mm-hmm. not huge like they're not like mcu where you have to watch one to understand the other right. um but first i'm going with 2004 directed by sam raimi spider-man 2 my opinion the greatest spider-man movie ever made this is you could say this is pandering to the guests but it's not because i've talked about how much yeah. i love spider-man 2 yeah no i'm fine that. with this um and then you follow that up with um now i said you follow up the best movie last but i think you follow up this one because it just makes you feel better because Spider-Man 2 kind of ends on a on a down mm-hmm. note. Bummer. You go with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse right after this. Yeah. Um, kind of the great it's and this works better because the You have an older Peter right, Parker the, in the second the one. Jake yeah, Johnson Spider-Man is really supposed to be like the Toby Maguire Spider-Man grown up. Um mm-hmm. so you go into Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse right after this, you get the comic book feel. I think this is a perfect pairing. You want to have a Spider-Man night? I don't know if there's like a national Spider-Man day. There should be, but you got Spider-Man 2 into the Spider-Verse right after. That's the perfect way to do it. Let's see. Is there a national Spider-Man day? Plus, you avoid the uh, whole – both of those movies, you get to avoid the whole, hey, let's murder Uncle Ben. So Apparently, August 1st is Spider-Man day. Interesting. Because that's the day that, the, that it debuted. Okay. So, next August first, you gotta wait a while. Yeah, you gotta wait almost a year, but that's a good day. Okay, my number four is obvious. 
Um, not a super interesting pick. It's just one of those that it's the correct pick. It's Lady Bird and Little Women. Okay. I got Lady Bird coming up, but with a different movie. Nice. Uh, yeah, Lady Bird 2017, Little Women 2019. Uh, in order for my list to be true and for it to be an accurate list for me, this had to be on there. Both directed by Greta Gerwig, both starring Sir Sharon, and both emotional and lovely and funny and perfect movies. Um, there are ways that I could have gone with a more interest. Like, I, I had other ideas for Little Women and other ideas for Lady Bird that would have taken up two separate spots that would probably would have been a little more interesting. But if I'm being honest with myself, I just want to watch Lady Bird and Little Women back to back. Yeah. I mean, that's great. It's a perfect night. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Perfect night. At all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just didn't get super, didn't have to get super creative with that. One. Just sometimes you pick the right pick. You yeah. Know? Um, also, not getting super creative with my next one. So my next four through two are all of my my top four on Letterboxd, except for my fourth one. It's all of those in order, basically. Okay. Uh, but my number four is Dazed and Confused. First, you know, mm-hmm. came out in 1993, directed by Richard Linkletter, and then the spiritual sequel. Everybody Wants Some. Also directed yeah. by Richard Linkletter. Uh, came out in t- 2016. Um, these movies are perfect together. I mean, Richard Linkletter. The, no one does the, let's have a plot, let's have no plot, and just people hanging out, and you're going to have the best time of your life better than Linkletter. Yeah, which I normally don't like plotless movies like that unless Linkletter's doing yeah. it. Um, but this is perfect pairing. I mean, it's great. I think... Anybody who's listening to this loves Days and Confused and hasn't seen Everybody Wants Some, you have to watch it. It is the mm-hmm. same exact movie, but 80s and in college. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I'm I'm assuming you'll have this at some point. Maybe. <laughs> I might. We'll see. Um okay, my number three. You start with Edge of Tomorrow. Well, just the gif, right? Just the gif. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, but like the whole movie's good. But like, mostly the. Danny, why are you watching Um, a two-hour loop of Emily Blunt just slowly getting up? (laughs) It's good, okay. Uh, And then you follow that up with Palm Springs, 2020, directed by Max Barbacow. Interesting. My two, my two favorite examples of time loops. Interesting. Okay, I wouldn't have expected this. Yeah, they're tonally, yeah. Uh, content-wise, they're very different they're very movies. Different. Yeah. I just they're they're my two favorite examples of time loops in in movies. Um, I think watching them back to back would be a super fun way to see how two like totally different movies could handle one common theme. They're both they're also both just incredible movies. I think Edge of Tomorrow is a nearly perfect action movie. Palm Springs is an incredible low budget, straight to streaming. Uh, like rom-com type yeah. movie, you know what I mean? Like, I think they're both pretty perfect at what they do. They're both very different movies. It's just, I, th- I think it would be super fun to see the two different ways to attack the time loop theme. Interesting. Yeah, it's very, it's a huge tonal shift. You got to yeah. have like a I, palate cleanser, like between that or something. Yeah, like <laughs> Groundhog Day, maybe? Or not, maybe not even a movie. Maybe like watch like a super dark like <laughs> SNL sketch from like when Andy <laughs> Samberg was on there. Like you got to have yeah. something. You can't just go Edge of Tomorrow straight into Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. no, dude. Give me Whiplash. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want Whiplash from going from one to the other. Maybe just watch that um, GIF for a little bit and you're like, okay. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good. Let's watch Palm Springs. Yeah, I, 
I also just I wanted to throw it in this spot specifically because like I've got a handful on my list that are just like Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland and then Lady Bird, Little Women, Galaxy Quest, Star Trek. These are all like obvious like dub pairings. I wanted to kind of get creative with one. Okay. So that felt like a good spot for nice. us. Um, okay. Well, my number three coming of age movies. So I did both nice. middle school and high school. So you start with the middle mm-hmm. school one. You start with eighth grade that came out in 2018, directed by Bo Burnham. Really good. Really good coming of age movie. Very cringy, just like a middle school was for everyone. If you say right. that your middle school experience wasn't cringy, then you're lying. I'm sorry. You're just lying yeah. to yourself. Um, but this is a great movie. It's amazing. Bo Burnham, I mean, like Childish Gambino, it's just like kind of unfair how talented this guy is. Um, yeah. And then Elsie Fisher is just so good playing in this role and then you go straight into high school you go from going eighth grade going into high school you go high school going into college you go ladybird 2017 directed by greta gerwig another kind of you know awkward female lead that's kind of on the outside like she's not popular or anything but she wants to be popular it's kind of the same themes and she's finding herself you know all that but going into both of those yes am i going to cry a lot probably I'm going to cry a lot during these movies, but still just Mm -hmm. amazing five-star movies, two of the best coming of age movies of the 2010s. That's, that's an excellent pick. Also, you want to make it a triple feature, throw edge of 17 in there. Ooh, there you go. You want to just stick with young women coming of age movies at edge of 17. Well, see, did you ever watch that one? Yeah, I did. I gave it three and a half or three stars. I think Mm -hmm. it was good, but I think if you're going to do a triple feature, so you stick with the, Okay, you got eighth grade, middle school, Lady Bird, high school, and then you go, you kind of skip college. College is kind of fun for everybody. You know, yes, college is a hard time sometimes, but it's kind of fun for everyone. You skip college, you go Frances Ha, and that's the movie Greta Gerwig is acting in. And she's like, right out of college, doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life kind of thing. That's the, okay. but it isn't black and white. And I know how you feel about black and white movies. Yeah, I'm not watching <laughs> There's no, no, but it's point. Greta. Yeah, but you wouldn't still. do it for Greta. Put it in color. <laughs> we have the technology. There's no need to put it in black and white. Okay, my number two. It's a very me pick that I think feels obvious, and I probably everybody saw it coming on my list. It's Point Break and Speed. <laughs> The cans. They're just cans. <laughs> Point Break, 1991. Speed, 1994. Uh, sorry, Point Break, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Speed, directed by Jean Demont. Uh, both, they're perfect 90s action movies starring a young Keanu Reeves in his prime. What else do you need? Um, I actually watched these. I talk, I'm sure I talked about it on the show because it was life-changing. I watched these as a double feature last summer. I watched them both for the first time back-to-back in one day. It was the best day of my life. <laughs> It was a perfect day. Are you kidding me? You're just in the mood for an action movie, and you watch two of the best action movies of all time for the first time, back to back, and I made spaghetti that night. It was the best day of my life. Never had a better day. I will never have a better day. It's as good as it gets. It was cans. It was just cans. <laughs> they're perfect movies, dude. They're absolutely perfect 90s action movies. Yeah, those are I love excellent. them both. I, I think I like uh, Point Break better um, just because of the – Biocondias ending. <laughs> <laughs> there is truly one A and one B. Like 
I like them both the exact same, and so I guess I it think, depends on my mood as to which I prefer, but I love them both. They're both perfect. One has Swayze, so they both have Keanu, which is a plus, yeah. unless you're Matthew but Perry. But the, the other has Sandy Bullock. Yeah, see, I would take Swayze over she rules every single time. It's every close. single time. Come on, you got to stick up for it's your close. Texas brethren. It's close. Love Sandra Bullock. I, yeah, but Swayze, bro. She's great. Come on. I don't know. I mean, they're both perfect actors. These are Texas brothers. We don't have a lot of people I... from Texas we can root for these days. <laughs> that's, a good point. that's not a bad point. It's kind of McConaughey and Swayze. Yeah, that's, that's like kind bad... of like in Cooper Ray. Oh, wait. No, Jonathan, Ma- Jonathan Majors is from Dallas. Yeah, so, so. we've got those four people <laughs> yeah. out of the millions of people that live in Texas. Hold on. Where's Glenn Powell from? This is important. I think he might be from Yeah, Austin. he is from Austin. Okay, yeah. we we got a list going. We got a list going. Maybe that's our that's another. We got episode. Cooper Rafe, Texans. We got Cooper Rafe. Yeah. Uh, Richard Linkletter, Wes Anderson, the Wilson brothers. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think I'm Jamie Fox. Ideas. I think Jamie Fox was born in, in yeah. Texas. He, yeah, from Terrell, I think I played against. He went to one of my high school football games because we were playing against Terrell. Beyonce. Yeah, sorry, you're spoiling the future episode. Uh, Taylor Swift's mom went to my high school. Would you stop? Would you stop? Uh, we're doing a Texas episode, okay? <laughs> um, okay, I'll go into my number two. Um, I'm going with both just amazing scripts. Um, also, you know, paired with my favorite movie of all time. Um, I'm going with Steve Jobs. Came out in 2014. Uh, directed by Danny Boyle. Right into The Social Network. Came out in 2010. Directed by David Fincher. Both Sorkin scripts, which I love. Steve Jobs probably has one of the greatest scripts of all time. So it's amazing. It's a movie that I don't think gets a lot of recognition for some reason. Um, me and Batman Shane have talked about this multiple times on the Mad About Movie Discord and our Discord. Um, and then Social Network is the greatest movie ever made. Um, and it's kind of the same thing. You have like a tech founder um, kind of getting his start and all that. And you've got that like Sorkin really quick, fast script and, Andrew Garfield delivering like one of the greatest lines of all time. Um, but yeah, the Steve Jobs right into the social network, perfection. You like social network? That's cool. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> Learning new things about you even after all this time. <laughs> yeah, perfect pick, obviously. Um, that's a very time ago and day that I, I don't think I would want to be around for. Dude, you, you like both of those movies, though. I like both of those movies, but just the vibes coming off of you while watching those would be, it would make the room weird, I think. I don't want to be there. It would be a, uh, uncomfortable for everybody else involved. Um, <laughs> my number one, yeah, it's Dazed and Confused and Everybody Wants It. Nice. Yeah. It's a perfect pick. Um, 1993 and 2016, both directed by Linklater. Yeah, Linklater himself says that Everybody Wants Them is a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. One follows a group of high schoolers in 1976, the other a group of college kids in 1980. They're both about growing up and dealing with new phases of life, and they're super funny and quotable, and they make for the best double feature of all time. This is another one that I've done a few times, and it's an absolutely perfect double feature every single time. Sort of took the wind out of my sails having to get earlier on your list and ending it with my number one, but it's still a very good pick. Well, see, that's not the perfect double feature. I, I can't believe... Mm-hmm. My number one is not on your list. This is insane okay. that you do not have this double feature. It is Top Gun into Top Gun Maverick, the greatest double feature you can have. Yeah. I don't care if they're sequels. That is a perfect combo, and I cannot believe you did not have this on your list. I stuck to the no sequels rule. It's uh, this Top Gun Maverick 
exceeds all rules. It lives above rules and expectations. Yeah. You know what should have been on my list, though? Is Con Air and Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Terrible. <What are> you... <laughs> that is such a bad combo. It's a perfect combo. No, what you need to do is the the theory that I had that I, I told Kyle Banduho about. It's the uh, Steve Buscemi is a serial killer trilogy. So mm. it starts out with, um, is it, I think it starts out with Billy Madison. Yeah, starts out with Billy Madison. So Steve Buscemi is the guy, you know, Thank God I called yeah. that guy. I see. I was think I was thinking it ends with, with no, Billy no, no. Madison it's, because he's out. He's out at that point. He's done being in trouble. At no, that see, point. it starts because that's his first. I think that's the first time he. Oh, shoots that, you think someone. that's his origin? Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, I was thinking he was like he was a career criminal that just got out of the. No, because he had a list and nobody was crossed off except he crossed off. Oh, Billy good Madison. point. Okay, yeah, that's his. So origin. that's his that's start, and then it goes into Con Air. That's kind of like after uh-huh. he got caught, and then he escapes into Vegas, and then goes on to the, he only, because only criminals apparently work on oil rigs, according to Armageddon. So he goes yeah. and works on the mm. oil rig, because there's a lot, when the FBI shows up, he's like, uh, you know, you know, he's real creepy yeah. about everything. So that's like Man. the Steve, that's the tr- unanswered trilogy of Steve Buscemi. Maybe it just, I can't get the idea now out of my head of, uh, we just need to do a bonus episode where like we create a, uh, a franchise of movies or a world <laughs> of movies with unconnected. I movies. like that. I like that idea. It's a good idea. Somebody remind us of that in like January because we're all booked up through December. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's a great pick. I just I had to stick to the no sequels. It doesn't matter, man. Rule. It's Top Gun Maverick. You cannot keep Top Gun Maverick down. I gave myself one rule, and it was no sequels. Okay, here's a great I one. Had... Then you still could have had Top Gun Maverick. The wind rises mm-hmm. into Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, that would have been very good. A very different vibe. Very different vibe, but also, planes, bro. But still planes. very good. But, but planes. Dude. All right, the wind rises into Con Air. Dude, dude planes, bro. <laughs> God, that's our stupid. that's our uh, drunk personality. Me and Danny just get hammered and talk about, yeah, dude, planes. Planes are sick, dude. Freaking planes are sick. <laughs> so stupid. All right, you ready to take yeah. a break? All right, we'll be right back with Kevin McKenzie. Hello, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with me and Ty as we rank double features. Um, hope you're having fun with this idea. We love talking movies. Um, we're going to be joined here in just a second by our friends Kevin McKenzie. They host the Austin Danger podcast. Kev's been on a ton. McKenzie took over for our Queer Movies episode. Um, they're fantastic. Austin Danger Pod is so much fun. Um, make sure you're going to listen to that. Um, they're going to be with us for uh, just about two hours. <laughs> so I hope you're in it for the long haul. Um, if you're not, that's okay, but I think you should listen to it because I had an absolute blast. Um, wanted to jump in here real quick, let you guys know next week's episode, it's an episode we said we'd never do, but we, we have relented and finally, finally given the, okay, we're going to do a country music episode. Sorry if country music is not your thing. That's okay. Um, but, uh, Ty and I have talked quite a bit about it and I know I'm not the biggest modern country music fan, but there is quite a bit that I love. Um, and we're going to be joined by our friend Hannah, who, she sent in a handful of voicemails, um, sent in a handful of emails. We love Hannah, and we're really excited to finally have her on the show. This felt like the perfect topic for her. Um, if you have any country music that you love, any that resonates with you, any that you want to make sure it gets mentioned on the show, uh, shoot us an email. You can send that to rankingspod at gmail.com. Don't forget that double K in the middle. Um, and join our Discord. It's free. You can uh, 
find a link to that in our social media bio and our show notes. Um, and uh, it's, it's just a good time. You can give us episode ideas. You can give us your rankings. You can make fun of us for our rankings, kind of whatever you want. We're just hanging out in there having a good time. So, uh, all right, back to the show. And we are back with this week's special guest judges. They are the hosts of the Austin Danger podcast. It's Kevin McKenzie. Hello. 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 How, how are we? Vibin. Doing okay. Good. <laughs> Mackenzie, shockingly, we found out that this is your first time judging on rankings. I had assumed that you had been a multi-time judge because you <laughs> took over an episode, which is a weird way to introduce you into the rankings world. It's just, <laughs> hey, you want to take over my podcast? And then you were on Wisdom twice. I yeah. was, yes. So, not right. our first time podcasting together. First time, shockingly, over 100 episodes just now getting you on as a judge for rankings. So know, I'm really glad you're here. I'm opinionated. Really, it's perfect yeah. for me. I'm ready to be here and be judgy. And then Kev has been on this show 48 times, and so it's just yeah. old hat now, you know. <laughs> so you're basically, you're, <laughs> you're essentially a third host. You and Batman Shane, Tobin Hodges, Brian Gill all kind of, like, fill that void of third rankings hosts. So That entire time, I was mugging to who? You can't hear that. <laughs> what am I doing it for you people? You, I was nervous. I don't know if you noticed my voice quavering a little bit because you were just staring me down. I was like, oh, did I piss Keva? What did I do? Oh, come on. Kev's Why is Kev mad at me? Your quivering never. voice. Um, okay. One to, to have you guys on the show. I Originally, I was like, oh, double feature. And so we have like two uh it made sense in my head at the time and i'm like they're podcast that doesn't make sense they're not a double feature they're just two people that host a podcast um, <laughs> well i mean i used to host a podcast about double features, about double features that has yeah been jettisoned into space and is now yeah. like dr evil once was in orbit so, <laughs> oh my god will, that's a professional bring it back to austin powers are you kidding me it will one day return but It'll when... come out as an egg out of the ass of uh, <laughs> Bob's Big Burger boy or whatever, yeah, whoever exactly. he is. Yeah. Um, but, of course, you guys know this episode is, is double features, and so it's just two movies that we thought would be fun to watch back-to-back in a single setting. Um, didn't really have any other specific rules other than that. Like, mm. they can be sequels, don't have to be sequels. They don't really have to be connected, but... Um, you can just find like one random dumb theme that sort of connects them and make that your pick. Um, but uh, just thought it'd be fun to kind of get creative with it, see see what kind of movies you pair together and why. Um, Kev, you have, of course, been on the show a bunch of times. Mackenzie, you have not. So here's how it works. I'm going to read these out to you uh, labeled list A and list B. And then Ty and I are going to be quiet. We're just going to kind of sit here while you and Kev pick apart our lists. You can be <laughs> complimentary uh, or you can rip them apart and talk about what you hate. It does not matter. It's just kind of however you want to talk about them. Um, I know you guys both brought your own lists. So at that point, it'd be a good time to read those. Kev is just doing the right Willem Dafoe knife uh, sharpening <laughs> gif. But in right. real life, and it's terrifying seeing Pass the turkey, life. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the only thing you have to do is you do have to pick a winner. It cannot be one of your lists. It unfortunately does have to be one of our lists. Um, we've had lots of judges try to skirt around that rule before, including recently. What? Um, so you do have to pick one of ours, unfortunately. Um, but that's kind of the only rule. And you can pick that winner based on whatever rubric, whatever criteria you feel like um, as to what makes the winner. That's totally up to you. Very few rules here on the rankings. Um, but if we're ready... Why don't I just go ahead and get right into them so we can get rolling? Let's um, do it. List A, the honorable mentions, the theme is TV shows and movies paired together. First one is Barry and Game Night. 
Next one is Fleabag in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And the last one is Only Murders in the Building and Knives Out. Number 10, Bloodsport and Best of the Best. Nine is Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Eight is Galaxy Quest and Star Trek, the 2009 one, J.J. Uh, Abrams, Chris Pine. Um, number seven, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Number six is Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland. Number five is Little Big League and Moneyball. Four is Lady Bird and Little Women. Three is Edge of Tomorrow and Palm Springs. Two is Point Break and Speed. And number one is Days to Confuse and Everybody Wants Some. List B, the honorable mentions are holidays. Um, and so Halloween is Evil Dead 2 and The Exorcist. Christmas is Elf and It's a Wonderful Life. And Fourth of July is Independence Day and Jaws. Number 10 is Best in Show and What We Do in the Shadows. Nine is Seven and The Batman. Eight is Super 8 and The Goonies. Seven is Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles. Six is Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Five is Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Four is Days Confused and Everybody Wants Some. Three is Eighth Grade and Lady Bird. Two is Steve Jobs and The Social Network. And number one is Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. Kevin McKenzie, you have the floor. Okay, before we get into this, I do have a question for you guys. Okay. Oh. At what point in producing this episode did you realize that you would have to read all of that and the intro and go through the format? My dude, we did we did quotes a few episodes ago, and I had to read <laughs> yeah. each quote. It's great. The I somehow conned Danny into being like the leader of this podcast, so I don't have to do any of that. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Still, will claim that I do nothing for this show or on this show, but I do have to read out all these stupid lists every episode. It's a curse. <laughs> Um, I did have one more question. So you guys did not take, like, that is the criteria, as you said before you read the list, right? Just, like, what would be fun? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I made my my own criteria when I was judging, and so not knowing your criteria is interesting. That's good. That's kind of uh, one of the things we do on purpose on the show is not tell you the thought process behind our list and then make you come up with your own rubric because the miscommunication usually makes for like a fun misunderstanding for the show. Look, we don't care about rules here at the rankings, okay? We choose <laughs> chaos. That's what we choose. It's kind of the whole Well, thing. we do too at Austin Pod until we say otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's true. Right. There you go. There yeah. you go. Kind of a perfect so, perfect double feature. Rankings in Austin Danger Pod, am I right? <laughs> Bringing it back. That's a professional, the baby. Most, look at that. Look at that. The most chaotic that. podcast in the country right now. Give us all your money. <laughs> or even just like money. a little bit of it like just some of it would be fun it's the greatest movie of all time <laughs> so look Mackenzie let's talk about it because we've been talking about, talk about it in about private it. Yes. all day yes. what is your criteria your controversial criteria to how you rated these lists <laughs> so yeah my fiance disagrees with me but as I was like looking at these lists in my brain I'm thinking of it as like a, a programmer like I'm thinking about like I'm programming mm-hmm. at a movie theater and what would a double feature be and for me those are two movies um, generally from different filmmakers possibly different eras but that inform each other that echo through time and uh, maybe deal with the same themes but through different lenses uh, and so that was sort of like what I think uh, a double fe- a, a good double feature is is like two movies um, coming at the same themes from different places uh, and different visions and uh, that sort of is what I was going for when I was looking through all these and yeah my fiance fully disagreed with me on a lot <laughs> of my thoughts as I was sharing them with her what is your criteria for a double feature I you know I'm I'm a little bit like you I think I like the cr- the creative vibe of matching two from a different eras that resonate. But also sometimes a sequel can be good, right? Like you can double feature 
uh, we'll get into my list, but I have some stuff on my list that plays literally back to back. Okay. Right. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. We'll One go thing Mackenzie because... forgot is that we are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. No, 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 no. Do I'm you want to start at the, at the top, the top of A? Yeah, let's, start, let's start with I'm, list yeah. A because list this is the one that is on both lists. No yes. surprise here, Bing Link Letter mm. fans. Texas, whatever you say about Texas, whoop, whoop. Forever. Right? Texas forever. Texas yeah. forever. Right. Keep Austin weird. I, 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 I don't did, like this sarcastic Dallas? whoop, whoop. Someone's weird. I did, I did watch. Austin is weird. I did watch hundreds of hours of Friday Night Lights because of these men last year. Yeah, so and that show rules. So good. I should have known something. Um, I've never I have, seen it, but I had to act a scene out from it in, in college one time, and I was ooh. like, "Who? Someone has a concussion? What's going oh my God. on?" McKen- my Mackenzie, like, first time yeah. watch Friday Night Lights podcast win. It could oh. happen. It could happen. I'm already. If I wasn't already trying to lobby hard, very seriously for another TV <laughs> podcast, podcast. <laughs> yeah, Archie Digest podcast. Think about it. <laughs> think about it. Uh, All right, but we should it. talk about the. Okay, double let's feature. get focused here because this is going to be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> we also have five night. emails Kevin to get through, so we're going to be here for a hot up. minute. Yeah, that's, that's the sorry, other I thing. Is... I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Believe <laughs> me out. So that's fine. Uh, that's Ty, that's 8.56. 8.56. Did you get the first cuss word also? Just like <laughs> oh, right off the bat, that too. One, my bad. Oh, did I, I, I say that one? <laughs> wow. Sorry, I have a potty mouth. I've had it since I was like 12. Oh, it's so, fine. Look, neither of us have seen Everybody Wants Some. I think I've seen the first half. It's not personal. I know the gist of it. I know the vibe of it. Here's my issue. Hi, congratulations. Perhaps. Oh, it looks yo, a little interesting. So, I'm so sorry. What do you the tell, the, tell the listeners during the World Series that his favorite baseball team is playing? The World Series is on. My favorite <laughs> baseball team, my favorite team of any sport is playing, the Houston Astros. And they just hit a triple to start the game on the first pitch. I know. Oh, very nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> so. Honestly, news everybody hearing it. <laughs> Ty's yeah, reaction yeah. to this was me reacting to myself laughing at the Pentaveret. <laughs> yes he got one he got one he got one um, yeah that makes sense ty is to the houston astros what kev is to the pentaveret that feels yeah. like a good <laughs> my whole uh, well, it's yeah. mike myers it's the home team you know what i mean but neither one of us have seen everybody wants some but i yeah yes. i know the general vibe of it i know i know it is link later revisits the 70s as he did with dazed and confused here's my question how do you come back to anything else after watching the last 20 minutes of dazed and confused yeah, I, I also was a little uh, mid on this pairing. And this is more about the similar uh, filmmakers. Like, I, I prefer double features that are maybe from different filmmakers because it's a little similar. And, yeah, it's just two Linklater 70s movies. And that's just personal preference, too. You know what I mean? So, like, when I think of Dazed and Confused, my, like, pairing for it is American Graffiti, which is, like, George yes, Lucas's I was gonna say. sort of, um, which is the obvious pairing, I'll say. But it's, you know, George Lucas sort of, kids in the 50s about to go to college unsure of their futures having romantic entanglements and it's and then Linklater kind of did it again right with Dazed and Confused and so I love those movies together so I'm not yeah I wasn't too crazy about it but also I've never seen everybody once some so I pre- sure. presume I that, can't have an informed opinion on it but I yeah I wasn't too um no you're spot it's very similar to Dazed and Confused I wouldn't say this is my number <laughs> yeah. one and I feel like Dazed and Confused for me is such a wonderful perfect movie mm-hmm. I'm like why do I want another one of those <laughs> I don't want to like dampen my experience with Every, this movie everybody wants some is a days and confused plus more baseball though so yeah see yeah. that's that's how and it's just like how extra and baseball glenn powell. like and glenn this powell. is like glenn powell like glenn powell and zoe doich and extra baseball man. i know you know, nothing about oh, this little man i know y'all are obsessed with him yeah, but i know weirdly, nothing about like i have no allegiance <laughs> to this little man i'm a weird amount of obsessed with both glenn powell and zoe doich and they're both in this movie so 
Oh, of course. I don't know course. her either. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh man. <laughs> I just need you to watch Set It Up for me, please, if you wouldn't mind. I have seen a lot of people talking about that lately. On Netflix Twitter. rom-com. It's very good. Thank you. Sorry. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I guess uh, so that that is one of my biases that Rachel disagreed with because she was saying, well, it's great when you can watch a, a filmmaker visit this nostalgic period of his life twice um mm. but i was someone who's like well i prefer if i'm doing double feature two What's different. is rachel busy right now just, <laughs> she's she, i can hear her in the room yelling at the television <laughs> playing dragon age so i think she's a little busy oh, done with skyrim already sure. oh yeah she hates it she decided she played 12 hours in one day and then decided she hates skyrim oh so my god what a twist it. yeah she just is like overwhelmed by it so she's going back to good old dragon age it. Get it. Um, yeah, Kevin, um, what I, were you saying about this? Yeah, I'm sorry. How much of a mind freak would it be to go from the the little coda at the end of American Graffiti full on to their kids? Huh? Exactly. Craziness. That's the devil feature I would Craziness. do. Uh, number Personally. two is Point Break and Speed, which is, again, I think that's killer. I think there's nothing wrong yeah. with that pairing. But Speed is such a high-octane thing. It'll keep your energy up the whole time. It is hilarious. I um, love Speed. You know, famously. There were Famously. Cons. <laughs> Famously, I love speed. So right. awesome movie and Point Break again. Like so, it's the same thing where I would move Point Break second because the calm and the the mind freakening of the ending of Point Break is uh, a much better note to, to leave on. Viacondias. <laughs> I've never and, seen Point Break, which is shocking because I know oh it's God. Keanu and homoeroticism. Directed so, like, by Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Are you kidding? Bigelow, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I it's, it's on a, it's high on my list. I also did like I, I in theory, right? I've never seen Point Break, but in theory, I also like this double feature a lot because it's kind of a Keanu feature, and I'm fine with like multiple actors because I'm someone who like if I find an actor I love, I want to watch all their movies. Um, so yeah, I also really liked this double feature, and I know that you know action Keanu. I'm down for a night of Keanu shooting and stuff. Probably. Yeah. Only note is if you swap them, then it keeps you awake the whole first feature and you can kind of coast into the more relaxed, although it's still super intense point break. Uh, mm-hmm, but great, mm-hmm. great stuff. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow and Palm Springs. This okay. is confusing as fuck to me. I understand why you did this because, <laughs> ha- hey, Mackenzie, 13. have yeah, you ever seen five? a movie called Groundhog Day? Yeah, that's the obvious pairing for Palm right. Springs. <laughs> I was going to say. I understand the direction here. Rachel got also... pissed when I said that too, because Palm Springs is her favorite movie of all time. Sure. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a fun favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. It's like it's it's like her all time favorite. So when I was like, this pairing makes no sense, and she's like, but think about it, Mackenzie. Time loops are inexplicably linked with death, and da-da-da. and I was like, I don't know shit about Edge of Tomorrow. Neither do you, because neither one of us have seen it. So. Oh my god. What's hey, Mackenzie. I love you. For the love of God, I have to edit this tonight. <laughs> Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, didn't, I, I really didn't even notice, I guess. I didn't even notice it. It just flies out of my mouth. It's true. Awesome Days Your Podcast has a is not for children. Of yeah, it's explicit. I apologize. If, I will if we, yeah, I might, there's a good chance I just put this explicit. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. I, I'll, I'll text Tobin. Jude hasn't seen most of these movies anyway. It's fine. He's, he's almost I'm so sorry. 13. I'm so sorry. He, should, he probably cusses all the time. I'm the so yard. sorry. Oh, no. I want the I'm record the to show that I said mind freak. Like, that's a I word. did notice I it. I thought you saying. said mind freak like Chris yeah. Angel. I was I That's right. They mean uh, the same You can also thing. just cut that whole thing out if you want to. Um, yeah, so I've never seen... Here. I've never seen Edge of Tomorrow. I had to Google that it was a time loop movie. Mm-hmm. But it seems like high action Tom Cruise Emily Blunt feels very and like antithetical to to kind of the indie comedy vibes of Palm Springs. Like those vibe wise don't feel similar other than a time loop. Kev, do you have more insight on that movie? 
Um, not really. I haven't seen it, but yeah, it's hard action into the comedy. Yeah, Have I've seen the gif. I know what this the is. Oh, the gif of Emily Blunt's biceps. Absolutely. I've been yeah. on this show two, on, two million times. Yeah. Slowly getting up. Yeah, yeah. I'm on gay Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talk about, like, if there was a crest of this show, you know how some, like, royal families have a big crest on a flag? Mm-hmm. Ours like, is the one of the of corners would be, yep. yeah. Emily Blunt yeah. slowly getting out from push-up position. Yeah. Um, based on vibe, I was just like, why are these two movies together? Oh, <laughs> like, it was wow. very confusing. I would I like to just... remind the audience that leading into this, uh, Mackenzie said, I love taking a common theme and looking at it from two entirely different lenses. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I also think that they should <laughs> feel... Alike, I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's no transition to me from from the kind of wacky Palm Springs into the nightmare death. Because there is there's the two different vibes, but they I don't know. It has to feel like it flows together still. Like it's it it just they just wow yeah. There there might be seeing that double features being too disjointed. But again, don't have an informed opinion about Edge of Tomorrow, so maybe. And speaking of cohesion, I think that number four. The two films by Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird and Little Women, might be a little too close together. Ooh, okay. Make up your minds. <laughs> I just, yeah, I know. Well, this know. is for me. This falls into the same filmmaker thing because I think Lady Bird and Little Women are both Greta films. They're both all timers for me. Lady Bird yes. might secretly be my favorite movie ever made. Mm. And but yeah, like I don't see how they're similar other than Saoirse and. Greta, which like if I'm having Greta night, sure, why not? I I, mm-hmm. I would obviously sit down and watch this double feature because I love both of these movies. But also both of those movies, I would like to see paired with other movies. Like later, we're gonna see Lady Bird with Eighth Grade, which makes a lot more sense to me. Like two kind of girlish coming of age films, and then Little Women maybe I'd pair with another period piece or even another Little Women. What if I watched that Little Women and then the Winona Little Women or the Catherine Hepburn Little Women and got to see the differences between um, how the same material was elevated in different ways? So. I don't know. I would sit and watch this double feature, but I don't know how they go together very well. No notes. Moving on. It's a long show, folks. Um, so I'm Little fine. Big There's League no has come up. Here. I've never seen either of these movies, so this I have no opinion on. So. All right. I'll speak to this. Little Big League I haven't seen, but you've, did a, you've done a great job. Sorry. I almost said the name of the person who made list day. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know Listen, who made it's fine. I don't... If we want to just let the cat no, out of no, the no, bag. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to know. Let's at least I don't run, don't run through it. Know. We'll run Me through it. Me and Danny have quoted this movie. Extensive. Yeah, it's one of our more than most any other movie probably on ranking. Moneyball or Little Big League? Little Big, Little Big, Little Big League, <laughs> especially it's over. Very, it's it's very specific to us. This movie. It's very specific to us. There. A like little grandma. kid. A little kid is yeah. given a baseball team and owns it and manages it himself. Wait, is that the plot of Little Big League? Oh, yeah, yeah, his grandpa Kids. owns the Minnesota Twins. His grandpa dies, and then he gives the Minnesota Twins to his grandson. Who's like who's like who's, who's like thirteen or twelve? Yeah, and then the grandson takes control of the team, places himself as head coach, and then the first baseman bangs the kid's mom. This is the, the best movie. double feature out of all of them on the list. That's <laughs> you don't know awesome. What you think about this movie? Little Big League rips so hard. We have to we have to manipulate the wheel a little bit in November. Can we have a Little Big League watch is party? Is this a real story? Is this a true story? No, <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Money no, because literally the twelve-year-old yeah. becomes the head coach of the Minnesota Twins. Oh, but they hired real baseball players. I'm oh yeah, yeah, of yeah lots guys, of real baseball player cameos. Real baseball players. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I got confused by. Cameos. Also, I'm seeing that the director is his first and only film. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, one you, and done. Yeah, yeah, you quit he when was you're on top. It's just yeah. like gambling. <laughs> you stop when you're on top. <laughs> he showed up, made a perfect movie, and then bounced. Yeah, uh, for just to get through the point, no notes. Uh, really great stuff. Um, Really fun first half, keeps you interested. Moneyball, much slower, more real, but still a great movie. One of the great dad movies of all time. 
in yeah, my opinion. We, Ty said a couple of episodes ago on rankings that uh, Moneyball was a spiritual successor to little or spiritual sequel to Little Big League, and I couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we both both talked about it kind of extensively. Whoa! Now number I six. I watch both of these movies. Hey, kids are smart I, I these days, ha- you know. I played ball down in Venezuela, and they were all speaking Spanish. They speak Spanish in Venezuela. Yeah, I know. Ty, Ty, Ty does that exact quote 18 times per episode, regardless of the content of the episode. It's a perfect quote. I'll we need to have a little bigly watch myself. party in the Discord, I think. You need Ty, to have a, like a swear jar. I'll take the swear jar, but you have a little bigly <laughs> jar. And so then we each have to be putting money into a jar. I would yeah, go We broke. need to stop talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, little, uh, little bigly watch party rankings Discord at some point. Put it on the calendar. Yeah, put it I'll on the calendar. It. I'll be there. I will be there. Uh, but Kevin, I heard you transitioning to the next one. I think we both have maybe the same feelings based on your tone going. I'm trying. It. I'm trying. Uh, number six is one of those where I want the high octane Zombieland before we get into like the slower and more precise Shaun of the Dead. I think that Zombieland might be a little too edgy to pair, mm. but it's a solid. Like, I get it. I definitely wasn't paying attention to the order of them as much as you have been. I've just been like, yeah, these are two movies. Um, I really like this pick. I've not, I feel, I feel bad because I haven't seen some of these, but um, again, know the general vibe of Zombie Land. My father in law thinks Zombie Land is great. Uh, and I love Shaun of the Dead. I think one of the all time funniest comedies ever. And uh, I think a zombie comedy double feature is awesome. And I, I and this, this was like my ideal, like when, an ideal for me, I think, in terms of like theme and. Uh, humor and vibe all fitting together. Yep. No notes. I like this a lot. Oh, yeah. No notes. Very and good. And same with the next. I feel the same about the next one as well. Robert Hood, Men in Tights. When are we doing that, man? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Mel Brooks. I mean, I love Mel Brooks, and the next list also has that, and I, I just love Mel Brooks movies. And Holy Grail, Robin Hood, I like that it's like, you know, um, similar time period, similar slapstick comedy, similar poking fun at, at, at this sort of era of, of stories. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a really fun double feature. I really like this. And Holy Grail is, I think, also an all-timer for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next up, you know, they just... Go ahead, <laughs> Kevin's Ty. like, all right, let's keep going. I don't, I don't know, going. man. We have we have 15 more of these to talk about. Then we have to do 20 of our own, and then we have five letters. I'm Listen, just trying no ti- to help. No time limits here on the rankings. It's totally up to you guys how long I think this goes. people... I think our listeners enjoy it when we talk less, so I think it's... <laughs> that's, that's unequivocally true, yeah. Fair enough. Well, you know, we won't, well, we don't have any further notes. Like that's as good as I can get. How much better can you get? I feel like this is another situation where the the order of this is actually good because Robin Hood Men in Tights is so brainless and, and Holy <laughs> Grail has so much like has a wide range of, of comedy in it that I haven't like, watched you know, Holy Grail in so long, but I remember in high school, I loved the, uh, I fart in your general direction <laughs> quote. I thought it was like the funniest thing ever in the history of the world. I went to spam a lot on Broadway as a birthday present oh, and that's Spam-a-Lot. a song in it. And I pretty much lost my mind. Oh, uh, the, that, oh my gosh. The lady, the lake duet with what's his face. Yes. Um, yes. Sorry. I just, we can't get into Broadway corner so or good. else we'll talk forever. <laughs> Um, I, I will say that, you know, Spamalot comes from that time in the early 2000s where you could do a musical based on a movie and like, A, it would be good. It feels like its own thing. It doesn't feel like it's uh, just a rehash right. of, of a movie like every movie on Broadway That's is right. now. I give it an 8 out of 10 because I cried. Yeah, I cried during Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal because I've never seen a musical before. Anyway, moving on. Have you seen Galaxy Quest? 
Um, the best movie ever. Yes. I yeah. Love perfect Galaxy movie. Quest so much. They perfect just did movie. it on Doom Pod. Galaxy Quest is a completely perfect movie. Absolutely. My um dear dear friend Rebecca from college. Uh, this is her like family movie. Like they watch it together as a family, and she introduced me to Galaxy Quest. And it's a fun. As family. soon as I saw it, I went, "Where has this been my whole life?" Um. I haven't seen I think I literally saw this 2009 Star Trek in theaters when I was 14 and I don't remember that much about it um but like you know I think a Star Trek is perfect to pair with Galaxy Quest because I, I I and you'll see it in my list I like things that are sort of um I like I, I like the idea of a double feature that's like the serious version of the thing and then the thing that's making fun of the thing I like those kinds of features I feel like maybe one of the old Star Trek movies might even work better because that's more actively what Galaxy Quest is making fun of like maybe that first star trek feature but uh yeah i like a star trek galaxy quest feature i like uh, galaxy quest does a great job of explaining what made the old trek great yes so it was cool it's cool to get like a riff on that and then another riff on it in a way that's like and the modern version of it yeah yeah like here's 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 what star trek was when jj abrams started and then he made it star wars but that's not a bad thing it's better than Let's not get. Let's not go there. That, not here, to, not here, Kev. Kev. Not doing it here. Come on, you can't not start like that. This. Let's not go there. Let's not. Not go on there. the Ray Kings. Um, I really love Trek 09. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, I love it so so much. What can I say? Is it the best Star Trek movie? Who knows? It is. No, it is. Kev loves Wrath of Khan. Kev Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan is sure. is art. It's not even a Star Trek movie. It is art. Um, but you know, it's on the wheel. We'll do it one day. One out of five fake spins on the Austin wheel is a Star Trek movie, I have to say. It's Star Trek. It's James Bond. Never land on it, ever. Speaking of things that are similar to Austin Powers, uh, Adam Sandler movies. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, did you guys have, as, as kids, the Adam Sandler double feature two-pack that was Billy Madison yep. and Happy Gilmore together? Sure did. Yep. Yeah, mm. I I watched those. I, I borrowed it from a friend, and I was sick for like two days. And I watched these movies over and over again. I had one that had those and uh, Big Daddy. Mm. Oh, mm. oh and good. and what's the other one where he's rich? Uh, oh, Mister Deeds. Mister Deeds. Yeah, Deeds. yeah. What I we had a DVD that was a four pack of those four movies. And, oh my uh, gosh! What a life. To those school, got burnt out. Back to school to prove to dad I'm not a fool. <laughs> I just I rediscovered. I have not watched these movies in truly over ten years. That's crazy. Um, I recently perfect. rediscovered the song in Billy Madison with the dead clown. <laughs> oh my gosh! I need to rewatch. Maybe I need to go on this double well, feature. The clown um, doesn't see. die, Kev. Right? You thought that he was dead, mm-hmm. but he gets he together a... with the first grade te- the kindergarten teacher. Mm-hmm. Dude, spoilers for Billy Madison. <laughs> spoilers for Billy Madison. Yeah, great double feature. Um, yeah, it's solid. I think that like um, for my for my personal rule, like maybe I like to split it up a bit. I don't really know what I would pair with Billy Madison, but I feel like Caddyshack might be a good to go with mm-hmm. Happy Gilmore if Ooh. you want to do like golf comedies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in general, I feel like it'd be a really fun night to watch those together. Have any has anybody in this chat seen Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then that's right? Maybe maybe it's a Rodney Adam two double features <laughs> of uh, Rodney and Adam. There you go. And I have not seen the next two. I apologize. Uh, so I, that makes sense. I'm, I'm out of I'm out of bounds here. Um, I think sense. it's a well done one. The you know the the Jean Claude insanity of Bloodsport, and then uh, comparatively the more kind of quiet, intimate, best of the best, but both ass kicking, great movies. Hi Brandon, 
Um, this is an Ammonite yeah. movie night pick right here. Yes, that's this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Bloodsport. Jared would pick Bloodsport. I would pick Best of the Best, and that would be the episode. And you would have me on as a guest, and it would be a really perhaps, good time. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Who could say? <laughs> Thank you. Well, only only perhaps because and Brandon also four it's people in one podcast. It's in stasis. Yeah. Someday. The All right, only dudes, one Ammonite zero. episode where Danny would have seen both movies. <laughs> <laughs> that is even really a joke. <laughs> it's just like a thing. That is that is definitely true. Uh, do we want to get to the hottest take on the whole list? Oh, we haven't even There's, got to the hottest is take. There on this list? List? Is there more of a we list? Is there more of a list? We have to go through list B also. That's why the I was rushing mentions. through everything. We have no, mentions. the honorable mentions we'll get to. We'll oh, I don't even have the honorable mentions on my on my notes, so I just was like, oh, "Who yeah, cares?" They're fine. They're just there. What's the hottest take? Here's here's my thing. Are we okay. on top? Are, are we on the B? Are we on B? Yes. Where this are is we? Okay. Number one on I list B. I was just about to do the reveal. Okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> this sorry. show is sorry. this show is that really detailed gif I love to post of the train going off the cliff. <laughs> um, I wonder if we have the same hot take. Top Gun Maverick takes place like 40 years after the original or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I I haven't watched the double feature. I don't know how it plays. But does it does the time gap play? What mm. you're asking the wrong people. Yeah, don't ask. I us. know, I know. <laughs> you, you can have that conversation with each other. Don't ask us to ever say both, anything bad about these movies. Yeah, we both have these movies at five stars. So you're asking the wrong mm-hmm. people. And I'm the point. person who has like Top Gun at two stars. So maybe I'm the. I um, also I, and have, I need to watch Maverick you know. still. So um, and I'm and I have very big open mind, open heart for Maverick, and I'm excited to watch it. I I do think a sequel is kind of cheating for a double feature because I think they're they are supposed to be double featured. They're like naturally supposed to go together, and there's less. Um, thought that has to go into them because they're built to be watched back to back or whatever. So I I was uh, pretty mid on this this because I'm like, well, it's kind of cheating. It's a sequel, of course. Like it's, I I wouldn't spoiler alert. My list does not include Scooby Doo and Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed because <laughs> for me, those are two of my That's favorite movies of all time. But they are, you know, they're a sequel. They're meant to go together. So I I I didn't like. I don't love like a sequel double feature. If I'm thinking about like programming a double feature. <laughs> Sure. I came from this from a weird point of view, and I've been given sh- crap about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice catch. <laughs> well hey, done. Nice catch there. Crap. Somebody crap. ring the bell. Yeah, right? <laughs> Somebody ring the bell. Uh, I got to be real. One Aaron but, Sorkin movie. But that's movie. a great point. Go ahead. So I know that's no. a great point that, like, the, the just the difference in <laughs> filmmaking between one and two is probably staggering to watch back-to-back, possibly. Yes, I will also say there are echoes of the first one in the second one that mm-hmm, put it mm-hmm. in an interesting enough spot, I think, to override that. But okay, when I, I still want to watch Maverick. Get... Maybe I'll do that this week. Who knows? Oh, it's a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. Every time I say I'm going to watch them this week, I, something always happens, and the bottom falls out of my life, and then I can't watch anything. Relatable. So maybe I should stop saying I'm going to watch that this week. Uh, okay, we're going to number two, right? Yeah. So. One Aaron Sorkin movie is a lot. Yes. Steve Jobs was written by Sorkin. I think it's Danny Boyle. Is that right? Uh, Yes. Uh, Danny Boyle directed Steve Jobs. That's right. I like that movie. Social Network. Wasn't there a one with Ashton Kutcher playing oh, Steve Jobs? Oh, yeah, that one's horrible. Okay, I don't know <laughs> Ooh, anything. Could about you imagine movies. a Steve Jobs Jobs double feature? <laughs> In that <laughs> order so too. Funny. Let's oh watch no! The really good one, and then watch Ashton Kutcher Jobs. 
<laughs> I don't know. I think it's an interesting double feature. I think it's very dense. I think in theory I like it. I mean, you know, it's social network media moguls of sorts. I feel like thematically it would pair really well together and be interesting. It's biopicy, right? So if you're a right. biopic person, I feel like this would be a really good night for you. There's some overlap um, too with like I think Jobs is at a pivotal point around the time the social network Facebook takes place, was, if not yeah. a little earlier. Um, so I mean, yeah, yes and no. They were coming out around the same time. I feel like kind of yeah. iPhone was really rising in that era of Facebook, kind of coming into existence. Yeah. I think this works. I dig this one. Yeah. Not bad. No I'll further notes. Uh, eighth grade and Ladybird we touched on. Mm-hmm. I, will I ever watch a work produced by Bo Burnham intentionally? I don't know. Rathaniel, I had no idea. Whoa. Why? I did I not have... know that we were... I know we have our Booksmart split. Where I, no uh, further I didn't realize we had a Bo Burnham split. Wait, you don't like me? Booksmart either? Oh, wait, I should have mentioned Kev. Yeah, Kev does, famously doesn't like Booksmart, and I famously love Booksmart. And It's, it's fine. It's the last we episode Kev is invited on. <laughs> we love each other. Kev you slander Booksmart and Bo we Burnham just like back to back, dude. I'm not slandering anybody. I just have never seen... I actually seen... deeply respect Kev's opinion about Booksmart in terms of preferring Lady Bird with similar themes. I, I respect agree. I think everybody in the world who has ever lived, if you're listening to this, you are included in that. I think <laughs> everyone who has ever lived deserves to have a super bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, unfortunately, that movie is super bad. Yeah. Um, but for you, perhaps it is book smart listener. And that's awesome. It's, it's great. Maybe it's eighth grade. Maybe it's Lady Bird. Everybody deserves a super bad. Well, the I didn't realize is, we had a Bo Burnham split. So I now, wouldn't, wow. I wouldn't classify Superbad and Book Smart in the same realm as Eighth Grade and Lady Bird. Yes, I actually agree. I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> come back and, Lady, and angrily and comment at myself. Are, are, are a good pairing in terms of, um, in terms of just like tone and like coming of the type of coming of age that is depicted in the films, and the way girlhood is discussed and examined in those films. I think I think the, so. This is like the, the double feature I would prefer Lady Bird in. As I, said I, I also wasn't slandering Bo Burnham. I just have never intentionally watched a, a thing he has done. I like his work a lot. Um, I, I had not done that on purpose. I just haven't. I just haven't seen it by choice. I just haven't seen it. So super bad. Booksmart should have been on my list. <laughs> yeah, super bad. Booksmart would have been would have been, been absolutely killer. Should have. I been think on my that list. is great. My feelings about Booksmart aside, you know, can she ever have an original idea? Remains <laughs> to be seen. But that's another topic for another episode. <laughs> Can she ever have one original idea that like means something it's to like anybody? It's like the Truman Show meets the Matrix. <laughs> I wrote a story. That's me making fun of also women come in this movie. Sorry, I, no, I, I outlined that, that, that. That's her. That's her whole thing. That was her whole thing. The whole movie, whatever. Um, I, I outlined a comic that bears a striking resemblance to Don't Worry, Darling, except mine was way better. And I was like, wow, Olivia Wilde stole my idea. No, I, what I'm saying is that I'm really glad she did because it sucks. <laughs> Moving on. We already talked about Dazed and Confused, and everybody wants some. Correct. So we have to linger on that again. Spider-Man Two into the and into the Spider Verse. I'm actually curious, and I, we can't ask this question because I don't know who the list people are. We and but I'm curious why Spider-Man Two specifically um, out of the Raimi's. It is um, that person's favorite Spider-Man movie. Uh, sure. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Tracks. Um. I mean, you know, I take Spider-Man and Spider-Man. I guess. I think that those are both very good movies. I think Into the Spider Verse is obviously like, the best Spider-Man thing ever made for me. Um, and then the Raimi trilogy is also my favorite. I'm not a big superhero movie person, I think, especially with the oversaturation of them nowadays. But the Raimi trilogy and Into the Spider-Verse are really two of the greatest. And so this would just be a great night. This would just be a really, really yeah. fun night. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I we think figured again, out I'm, I'm break, breaking my rules a bit about the similarities, but I'm like, who cares? We I figured out the cartoon. I, I don't know what I pair those with, so yeah. you know. We figured out August first is National Spider-Man Day, so you can watch this on August first. Oh, that's nice. great. Um, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz may break the sequel rule, but it's a worthy escalation. They're two totally different movies, really. Although they they were written the same method, a lot of the hmm, I don't know, but it's 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 good. I like it. Is the point. I definitely think I prefer Zombieland with Shaun the Dead, I think. And if sure. I'm doing Hot Fuzz, I'd rather do another buddy cop comedy. Like, I'd mm. rather, you know. The other um, guys? Because and, and for, for me, if you're going to do Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz, you got to do the Cornetto trilogy. you got to make it a triple mm-hmm. feature. Like, sure. I feel like you got to get uh, World's End in there, too, and kind of make it a triple a triple feature with the Cornetto trilogy. Um, again, it wouldn't be a bad night, though. Yeah. A funny night. I, li- I really like Edgar Wright's uh, Cornetto trilogy. So, any of yes. them. And any pairing, I think, are very fun. The world's end, uh, possibly hot the most underrated nice ever. Guys? I feel like Hot Fuzz and Nice Guys would work. Yeah. yeah. Number, <laughs> we touched on Mel Brooks. I just thought of Go ahead. Hot Fuzz in the Village. <laughs> if you're doing, like, a kind of cult thing, like a cult <laughs> double feature, uh, the Village and Hot Fuzz might be funny, actually. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's The Village? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Because doesn't I haven't seen Hot Fuzz literally since I was like thirteen? Doesn't that become no spoilers for Hot Fuzz? Doesn't it become like a cult? Because all of those Cornetto yeah. trilogies are two things mashed together. So right. like, isn't it like Buddy Cop meets cult? Yeah, it's the, or whatever? Yeah. the NWA is yeah. controlling the town. <laughs> not not the rap group. It's the Neighborhood Watch Alliance. Yes, 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 yes. It's yes, Billy yes. Corgan's Very wrestling funny. company, the NWA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we touched on the Mel Brooks. I love the Mel Brooks. I think this is a great double feature. I think Young Frankenstein is like the Universal Monster movies, kind of light and you know, quick on its feet. Did what? you just say Frankenstein? Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Like the Universal Young movies. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's light, quick on its feet, real silly funny. And then Blazing Saddles has a lot more to say and it's a lot more dense. Again, it's that ideal where you open light and then you get, you know, like a cake. Yeah. Um, you really get into it. It's like it. an onion, you know, it has layers, you know. Boom. <laughs> Onions have layers, ogres have layers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love Mel Brooks. I love, I love that. I <laughs> You're love, uh, an idiot. I love both of these movies a ton. Um, this was sort of, I, I, I was, this made me think back to kind of the Galaxy Quest Star Trek thing where, like, I would have loved to see these movies maybe paired with the thing they're making fun of. Like, I think young Frankenstein with Bride of Frankenstein would be such a yes. fun uh, double feature because you get the James Whale camp into the Mel Brooks camp talking about the same thing and then maybe Blazing Saddles with some sort of John Wayne or Clint Eastwood some sort of uh, kind of classic cowboy movie uh, I, I just like things like that where you get to sort of see what informed the thing that's being made fun of in the in the following movie that's just my preference but also again I would watch just a day of Mel Brooks movies if I could I find him endlessly funny uh, so yeah I agree. Another great night. And then Super 8 and the Goonies, I think, is right down the middle. I think I would put Goonies up front because a Super 8, again, is slower, a bit more dense, and then ends soft. So wouldn't be too bad. Also, the the mystery box reveal of Super 8 is perhaps not as exciting as you would hope. <laughs> so maybe put that at the end. I've never seen Super 8. Yeah, I've never well, seen Super 8. So I, I know it's like kids solving a mystery, correct? So, so yeah, it's, it's one of these J.J. Abrams, ooh, what's Goonies? the secret of the... Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He turned I love Star Wars, we, too. Is the secret the friends we made along the way? Yes. Yeah. I'm yes, at five always. stars, I think, on Super 8. I love it. I, I love it a lot. But 
I also am not going to lie about what it is. Um, yeah, I'll there's even the Goonies out. kid. They read you kids thought, from the Goonies in this. I think I thought that um, Super 8 and then that movie, I think just called Nine, where the little sewn together man. I think I used to think those were the same movie. Um, and I think, uh, just based on numbers, I guess, and they came out around the same time. So I, a, I've never seen Super 8. What a movie. But, Isn't that the first thing Elijah Wood did after Lord of the Rings? Maybe also the last Mimsy is that something? Is that last Mimsy was like in that two thousands period? Are sort of mushed into my brain as like the same movie, and I don't know why. Let me tell you something. Super eight. It's not a seven. It's not a nine. It's a super eight. (laughs) (laughs) Boo, Boo. So here's here's my big problem with this list. If we can move on, if we're ready to move on. Oh, your big problem. Okay, seven. First of all, a lot of these movies are we should watch a movie memes, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I miss that show, and I think about it all the time. Not all the time, but like you know, I'll never I, finish the Ocean's trilogy. I know. Don't, <laughs> don't tell Ellen that she's already mad at us and reminds us all the time that we oh can't. Watch. I think about it Oscar at the time Rewind. today at which. Oh wait, is that so? Wait, is Oscar Rewind back? What are we doing? It might be. There's a very good chance that it's coming back. Nice. Well, look, I think about these things at the times of day at which it is appropriate to think about them a lot. So. <laughs> uh, night. Here's my problem with the list maker here. This may have tanked the list for me. Seven is a dense and unpleasant and awful movie. Yeah. Um, and I understand why it's paired here, because the Batman is such an obvious riff on the Fincher crime thrillers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then you got to go from <laughs> you got to go from seven into three more hours (laughs) of the same vibe but like kind of for kids i didn't even think about that because i was like oh thematically i dig this but that is that's like a six hour night of heavy heavy filmmaking and then after getting grossed out for three hours it's all sexy as well so your brain is just not going to know how to process any of those signals at all Oh, Cronenberg even... has built an entire career on gross and sexy. That's they go together surprisingly. Yeah, have you seen the average ratings for David Cronenberg's films on Letterboxd? <laughs> <laughs> They're not for They're everyone. Either one or five. There's no in the middle for a Cronenberg. They are not movie, for everyone. Like. For sure. um, I mean, I love both these films. I think they're both really awesome films. Yes. But I didn't even think about the experience, which you're bringing to me, and I didn't even think about that. This would be a very um, heavy experience of watching them together. Because I'm thinking, like, oh yeah, all these funny movies, I'll watch them all night. But this would be a, this would be a lot, <laughs> for sure. I will also say it's funny because thinking of it logically, like the, the the other pairing here would be Zodiac, which is even bleaker and not yeah. not as gory, like this is but way bleaker way more unpleasant and way longer and then you gotta watch more of the same exact God, vibe i love zodiac you watch the batman then you watch batman and robin <laughs> and then, no. yeah. i have to i have to say i did um, i did recently have to call an audible on austin danger podcast because i was like no one's gonna want to like zodiac is not the mood for this week <laughs> We will one day do Zodiac. It's going to be glorious. I promise. It's one of the great movies ever made. Um, peak of the form, but not for, uh, not for, not for this uh, time. <laughs> uh, and then you know we love Best in Show. We did an episode yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. We love Best in Show. I was trying to think if there was a Christopher Guest or Chris Guest adjacent mockumentary that was a better pairing for this for this what we do in the shadows which is another what i would pair with what we do in the shadows yeah i think what we do in the shadows is great i see the i see the list makers thread here with kind of mockumentary 
um, funny. Again, this would be a really great night. But yeah, thematically, they're kind of strange together. But I don't know what I would put with each of them. Like, I don't know what the other. I don't know if I would suggest another option. I don't know what I would do. So, uh, but yeah, they're all great, so but they stand so long. Fun fact yeah, for y'all: they feel like- I am currently in the town where they filmed Waiting for Guffman. That is so great. Whoa. <laughs> actually, San Marcos, Texas. I'm, I've seen like his like apartment that he walks up to. Like I've driven past that like a couple of times. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love. I watched that the other day actually. Um, so yeah, I'm a little split on this one too because they they do seem so singular. I'm like I don't know what I would feature them with. But I did appreciate including them uh, because I did too. we love them so much. And then honorable mentions, you know, list A, list A is solid. I like I like both themes. I don't know about you, Mackenzie. I got to pull them up because I didn't have them on. <laughs> Cool. List A's was television programs and uh, mm-hmm. and movies, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think these are fun. I think like I um I haven't seen a lot of these honestly, so um I presume I think Fleabag and Ferris Bueller is a little weird because I think if you're a Fleabag fan, I don't know if you're a Ferris Bueller fan. Does she talk uh, to the camera? Is that why? It's the, it's the direct. It's a direct address. I presume is oh, okay. the is the tie there. Um, I, I haven't seen Fleabag. What is Game Night. I don't. Yeah, Fleabag is darker, more. It's definitely about like death and sex and religion, uh, and Ferris Bueller's about scrappy boy. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like they're very different. Scrappy boy, <laughs> a scrappy little scamp named Ferris Bueller, uh, and so I, I think they're just very different pieces of media. Um, G- Game Night is what is that? Is that that Jerry Renner movie? No, you're thinking What's of Tag. You think of Tag. Tag. <laughs> Tag came out right after Game Night. It's just what? worse. <laughs> What is Game Night? Why is that? Game Night, Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, they go to Kyle Chandler. Chandler, There's a lot of Kyle Chandler movies on both lists. It's a big night. They they play board games together and then they get caught up in a big crime. Okay. I guess guess uh, that might be what connects it to Barry. Reluctantly reluctantly involved in crime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. I see that. I I think Only Murders in the Building and Knives Out probably works the best for me as Mm. honorable mentions. It's true. I definitely then, like the honorable mentions for the bill is B the most, though, I think. Yes, I agree. I will also say, though, like, while I think the vibe is perfect here, opening cartoony and then getting a little more, like, you know, thoughtful and slower, I think all that's great. Really on point with that. Independence Day is two hours and 23 minutes long. I checked <laughs> before we got on air. And then you got to watch. Now, Jaws is awesome, right? Jaws is amazing. Independence Day is two and a half hours long. Well, here's the thing. So we talked about this, me and Danny, and we figured out the perfect way to do this on July 4th. So, like, in the morning, you go out to the beach or the lake or wherever. You come back inside when it's, like, like high noon, when it's really hot outside. You watch Independence Day, eat some lunch. Then you go back, you know, go to the beach, go to the lake, and then you come back and watch Jaws because you don't want to watch Jaws when you have to then get in the yeah, water. Before the water. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's great. Yeah, so you're really not like watching it back to back on this holiday. You're like, you know, staggering yeah. it. Especially in Texas on July 4th, you have to take breaks from being in the sun yeah. like frequently. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's necessary. I will say I didn't put this on my list, but I was close to it. Uh, my, it's this is a movie I'm convinced only I like, but I would totally pair. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, which is something I intend to remedy this what? year. What? But my, yeah, it's I don't know how I miss. I've seen the play. I've seen the play version <laughs> of it. Um, but my It's a Wonderful Life pairing is Last Holiday with Queen Latifah, 
which is a movie I am genuinely obsessed with. I think it is like so sweet. And it's about a woman who thinks she's dying and then lives her life to the fullest and learns to like love and experience life because of that. And those themes I feel like are similar to It's a Wonderful Life. So I just want to honestly just shout out Last Holiday because <laughs> I love that movie <laughs> so much. And I'm convinced I'm the only person who loves it. Um, but I recommend it. Uh, but also I love Elf and I, I love any any Christmas pairing the, the the theater by me does in It's a Wonderful Life white Christmas pairing okay. which I love like one of my favorite I always put the tree up to white Christmas I just love Christmas uh, double features so anything Christmassy I'm into <laughs> okay do you guys want to pick a winner or do you want to get into your list first let's, let's pick a winner let's, let's okay. invite the guys back on their show at minute 47 <laughs> of this segment yeah, yeah unfortunately for the listeners you can bring us back it's in. okay it's, fine. it's okay <laughs> Mackenzie, because it so is you your want first three, time judging. Two, one, and we each say who our pick is at the same time. Let me. Uh, yes, I want to do think, that. I think I've figured it out. I think. Yes, I've also figured it out. So three, two, one. We each say a letter. Go ahead. Three, two, one. A. a. Oh, there you go, Danny. <laughs> Boom. Whoa. I looked at they this list. Actually, Feels good. Yeah. Feels good. I think I, I liked and disliked the same amount from both lists, but I guess there was just looking at it, just a couple more that sent it over the edge for me and, and list day. So I they looked were both at very this tight. list. I thought they were really great. <laughs> we got this list on Halloween morning. I didn't see it until today. So. We were prepared. <laughs> we were prepared for once. We sent these lists out like well in advance. <laughs> I glanced at this list and the one title I saw was Steve Jobs on List B. And I was like, Ty McGowan is the author of List B. <laughs> Dude, Steve he Jobs did, is so good. He messaged me one. back so fast. It literally, within like 12 seconds of me sending that in a Discord message, he messaged me back. He's like, well, I know who's is who's. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I definitely, I, I had an inkling that um, List B was tied because of social network. But I, but then I thought you, I don't know. I, then I thought Kev told me something different. So then maybe I, I don't know what I was thinking. So I really didn't really know who was, was who the whole time. But I had inklings. And then you started, Danny, you started talking about List A as if it was yours, like about near the end. So I was like, okay, I think I guess that was <laughs> Danny's. But I, the mask was yeah. slipping, so to speak. Yeah, the mask yeah. was indeed slipping. That does happen here. Do you guys have any specific questions that maybe you couldn't ask but wanted to anything you need clarified or answered or we ready to go on no, I'm, good. I'm trying to think i'm trying i feel like i had something but i've completely lost it yeah uh the uh, edge of tomorrow palm springs pairing understandably a weird one kind of on purpose because i i knew i had that run of Days and Confused, everybody wants them very similar. Point Break Speed, very similar. Lady Bird, so Little Women, very similar. Yeah, so yeah. I wanted to kind of break it up, and I just thought, like, two entirely different ways to attack the time loop theme would be kind of a fun thing to compare. Understand, they're a hundred, they're complete opposite movies. They're, they have basically no similarities except the time loop thing. But I was like, it would just be kind of a weird, fun afternoon. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I have one question. Ty. Yes. Did you put... Seven and the Exorcist on this list on purpose to make fun of Danny. I didn't, but sort of it kind did. of yes, like sort of revealed itself. I love the Exorcist. I watch it every Halloween and I love seven and Danny hates it. To God, death. I hate those movies. <laughs> I can't believe you made him watch those and he agreed to. Well, I was trying to, I wanted why do think, to do. Why do you think Wisweb's done, dude? <laughs> I know. I wanted to do the Batman with either a Fincher movie or Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So I didn't go Silence of the Lambs because, I don't know, it felt different. And then it was between Zodiac and Seven. And Seven feels more close, closer to the Batman than Zodiac does. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think Silence of the Lambs also is a little heavy in either direction. Yeah. And, and then the I was Batman. thinking Good Time, too. Good Time would be a good pairing with the Batman, but yeah, uh, that's just mm-hmm. I'm that's my weird, you know, obsession with Robert Pattinson more than those two movies. Who am I, guess. you know? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to get into your list? Yeah. Mackenzie, did you want to start? Sure. Do I just go go down it? Do you yeah, have honorable mentions? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I was like starting to do honorable mentions and I just, I was like, my honorable mentions are going to be triple features. Uh, sure. and so I thought of the Cornetta oh, trilogy, that's a good idea. uh, the Cornetta trilogy. And then I couldn't think of a third one cause I didn't, I just was busy this afternoon, but my other triple feature idea was the Tom and Meg, uh, Tom Hanks oh. and Meg Ryan. So sleepless mm-hmm. in Seattle, you've got mail and Joe versus the volcano. Um, cause Can I we think almost of... put on my list, you've got mail and Harry met Sally, but then I was like, ah, oh, it might be similar, but yeah. So I was like, Oh, what about a Tom and Meg triple feature? Cause I've definitely done that and I love it. So. We, we were talking in the first half about a triple feature that has nothing to actually do with each other, but you can connect it in your own way in your brain. And it's the Steve Puccini is a serial killer trilogy. So <laughs> it's the character from Con, like he is the character from Con Air. His origins yes. are the character in Billy Madison. Wow. who has the list of people to kill because he hasn't started yet. And that's when he shoots the other guy in the leg. That's when it starts. And then you go later on, he's arrested and on Con Air. Then he escapes. And what other job would an escaped convict take than work on an oil rig in the ocean in Armageddon? I love that. You should have like a um, spiritual cinematic universe Yeah, we, uh, we, we, where you, you tie some movies together through actors. And We yeah. talked about that. We want to try to turn that into – like we have one episode a week that's kind of a wild card where we get outside of just regular making a top ten list. And we want to try to come up with our own like connect movies that aren't actually connected to create a cinematic so universe. Fun. But it's that, gonna yeah. it's gonna take a while because we gotta really flex our creative muscles for that one. <laughs> and how are we gonna beat Steve Buscemi's serial killer cinematic universe? Yeah, I think that's really great. <laughs> um, yeah, my list in no particular order, but it's sort of an order near the top. Um, number ten, I have Josie and the Pussycats and Spice World, mm-hmm. uh, two of my favorite girl power music. I almost put Spice World with a Hard Day's Night, which Spice World's a direct riff on yeah. a Hard Day's Night in terms yes. of like a real life band. So that would also be a double feature. But then I was like, I kind of just want to have Josie and the Pussycats here <laughs> uh, for no reason. So that's that's number ten. Never seen either uh, of those. Oh, they're a blast. I think Josie and the Pussycats has like had a new life in recent years with uh, people kind of rediscovering it because it is weirdly a little bit of a commentary on capitalism, which is really fun. And I went to a showing with the directors there and it was really fun to see them experience people like loving their movie when it was so maligned upon release. And then it was really sweet to hear them be like, we're so glad you love this movie. And I was front row in adjusting the Pussycats shirt and they waved at me and it was really um, so very, very good movie. I like it. And then Spice World, I just, I grew up obsessed with the Spice Girls in that movie and uh, similar tone of Josie. Uh, number nine's a little weird, but I did uh, Set It Off and Dog Day Afternoon. Both of our bank heist films, both of which have kind of queer undertones uh, in them. And both of them are just about uh, very, not bad, but kind of, decent people who are pushed to desperate measures to get money and then they become these kind of intense wonderful bank heist films set it off uh the synonauts recently did and it was like an immediate all-timer for me and uh oh, yeah and i just thought it okay. would pair well with dog day afternoon 
I was uh, thinking of Set It Up, and I was like, what are you oh, talking no. about? <laughs> <laughs> no, Set It Off is a bank heist film, again, with Queen Latifah. <laughs> uh, my, queen, my queen, my queen. What, I, what uh, I thought was amazing there was Queen Latifah had John Cazale's haircut from Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> Very bold I think choice. Queen Latifah is genuinely phenomenal in Set It Off. Uh, I think she's a great actress. I think she's an underrated actress. Um, EDP my, legend, Queen Latifah, before legend. she's even covered on the show once. <laughs> Same with Kathy Bates. That's true. Um, uh, number eight, I have Singing in the Rain and The Young Girls of Rochefort, oh. uh, which is a Jacques Demy movie I watched recently, uh, both of which feature uh, Gene Kelly at very different points in his career. But uh, Singing in the Rain is a classic I watched recently and blew my mind. And then Young Girls of Rochefort I also really loved. And it's a French film, but a Technicolor musical. And I feel like without Singing in the Rain, Young Girls of Rochefort and maybe Jacques Demy's whole thing <laughs> might not exist in the way it does. Uh, so I think those were kind of a fun pairing. Nice. Uh, n- number seven, I'm not sold on actually, but I'm saying it anyway. Crazy Rich Asians and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm. Oh, I love it. Which, That's good. Oh, it's I really love it. good. Wedding I'm films, very sold on it. Fish out of water, cultural differences, all that kind of jazz. I thought that might be a fun, a fun. I think Crazy Rich Asians gets into it in a different way than My Big mm-hmm. Fat Greek Wedding does, but I think they're both kind of fun and similar in wedding movies. I had yeah. on my I had originally like thirty double features and I had Crazy Rich Asian <laughs> or Saving Face going into Crazy Rich Asian. Yeah. I think that would also be really good. I love yeah. Saving Face. We talked about that. <laughs> uh number six is sort of uh one of my like the original thing and then the thing it's riffing on double feature. Uh Pillow Talk, the Doris Day and uh, um, Rock Hudson film with Down With Love, which Kev was giggling because I feel like you maybe knew I was saying Down With Love next. I'm no, sure. I was just thinking, you know, these guys, big Doris Day fans on this pod. Oh, yeah, I these big know. Doris Day. I don't know any or either of these movies. Um, Down With Love is a movie I've watched six times this year. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I don't know. I can't get over it. I watch it, and it is, it is, it is vapid, fun, stupid, and awesome. And it is sort of riffing on the like kind of sex comedies of the 60s as they were kind of coming out of the code and were a little veiled and, and very technicolor and silly. And it's kind of actively a spoof of Pillow Talk, which is a movie I haven't seen yet. So I actually would love to do this double feature okay. so that I can kind of see where the movie that I've kind of gotten obsessed with this year has come from. Um, I don't even know if I can call down with love a good movie. All I know is I have an amazing time when I watch it. Uh, so yeah, that's my double feature. Uh, this is where I get into the double features I'm actually very proud of. Uh, number five is Priscilla Queen of the Desert with Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Which Slam I dunk. feel like, yeah, 90s drag queens changing the minds of straight people in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I feel like they're very similar themes, but also like different because Priscilla's, I mean, different humors because they're from different countries for one. Uh, and Australian humor is a little bit different than American humor. But then also, yeah, like Tu Wong Fu is about this specific town, while Priscilla Queen of the Desert is more of a road trip movie. So is Tu Wong Fu. I just feel like they're very similar. They came out around the same time, and it's kind of amazing to me that these two very similar drag queen movies both came out in like the early 90s. And uh, I love them both. So oh my gosh. There. This cast in Tu Wong Fu Wesley oh, Snipes. Wesley Snipes Patrick and Swayze. Patrick Swayze. John Lugazamo. Yes. Like, what? This is there's a, a quote. Cast. There's a. It's so good. It's so funny. Um, Patrick Swayze oh. gives a beautiful performance in that movie. I think his character is very tr- coded to be maybe a trans woman. And Stockard Channing as well from Greece is in it. Um, 
Patrick Swayze is like an all-time performance in Tu Wong Fu for me. And there's a there's a line in it that Rachel and I quote all the time. It's when Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes walk up to John Leguizamo, who's crying in the stairwell. And then Wesley Snipes goes, why is that little Latin boy in a dress crying? And Patrick Swayze goes, well, ask him. And then, and then Wesley Snipes goes, little Latin boy in a dress, why are you crying? And um, I just like, truly me and Rachel always say, little Latin boy in a dress, why are you crying to each other? Um, which is it's just it's a very specific movie but very silly Um, my number four slot I'm very proud of uh, Akira Kurosawa's High and Low paired with Bong Joon-ho's Parasite nice oh okay Uh, nice when I I I haven't seen Parasite since theaters which was like a mind-blowing experience but when I watched High and Low I could actively see the like visuals that Bong Joon-ho was clearly inspired by I think High and Low definitely encapsulates the class and classism that Parasite is commenting on. And I think that like so many of the themes from Parasite are are baked into high and low. And like they I think they just really inform each other really well as um, two directors taking on kind of classism uh, in their countries at various points with obviously Bong going in a more thriller route. But I feel like high and low is also an amazing kind of thriller. So I don't know. I just think they'd be a really lit <laughs> double feature. Um, Number three, Billy Wilder's Sunset Boulevard with David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like the, both of them are um, dark fantasias on the seedy underbelly of Hollywood, and they are two of my favorite films of all time, and I thought that they would go really well together. But wouldn't, wouldn't you want to pair Sunset Boulevard with, like, a good movie? Isn't, wouldn't that be <laughs> more appealing? I pass out. In the chair. Aren't you um, watching the World Series right now? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's between it's commercial break right now. Okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm oh, a Lynch. Okay. I'm a Lynch girl, and I, I think that uh, Mulholland Drive is like David Lynch's Lynch answer girl. to Sunset Boulevard. I'm a Lynch girl. And I got no. to hide. <laughs> that was so good. Took a line, um, no I don't have a for that. Um, Sorry. Uh, number two, uh, another movie I've only seen half of, so I'd like to see Velvet Goldmine. Because uh, uh, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch, mm. both sort of glam rock fantasias from the '90s uh, that I just think would pair really well together. Uh, Velvet Goldmine's kind of um, Todd Haynes's riff on Bowie, and Hedwig is also sort of a gender non-conforming rock glam rock star, and I just think they'd be really fun movies to go together. And my number one goes to Double Indemnity and Body Heat. Uh, Adi Heat is basically a remake of Double Indemnity, but much sexier, much sweatier, featuring a wonderful Kathleen Turner in her uh, debut role. And Double Indemnity, I think it was it was the first noir I saw that really clicked with me. And I just think that they're they're very similar plots, but I, I think it's fun to see how um, the two filmmakers tackled a similar story and changed some aspects of the story from the 40s to the 80s. Uh, so I just think that'd be a really good double feature. Like Man, what if uh, what if Double Indemnity took place in a boiler? That's basically that's body, body heat. heat. Danny, how many movies have you seen on that list? <laughs> Next to none. If I'm being honest, that's why I was oh, quiet. All so good. That's why I was oh. quiet the whole time. I was like, I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> well, you'll probably see a lot on Kev's list. I'm assuming. I wouldn't be so sure. Sorry that I'm not a little if, too high class for you all over here on the rankings. Yeah. I mean, my double feature. Listen, there's a are... reason we've talked about Little Big League every episode of this show. Okay. <laughs> it's one of the eight movies. <laughs> like oh the God. rings, of, like the rings of power for the men. There were eight films. 
Uh, all right, Kev. All right. Uh, my honorable mentions are double features that are a unit, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Okay. Number three is Evil Dead 2, An Army of Darkness. Uh, spoilers for Evil Dead 2. The ending of Evil Dead 2 is the beginning of Army of Darkness. That is the spoiler. <laughs> um, Evil Dead 2 is basically a 90-minute long setup for the punchline of the entirety of Army of Darkness. Uh, and they're both great movies. They're two of my favorites. So they're amazing. There you go. Number two, Scream 1 and 2. Uh, look, man, uh, listen to our podcast and then go tell your friends about it because I talked about it for 15 actual minutes on there. Uh, and then number one, the double feature that changed my life, Back to the Future 2 and 3. At the end of Back to the Future 2. Not the first one. What? What? Yeah, no, because Back to the Future 2 and 3 were written as one film. That's why. Okay. And that's why they have a trailer for Back to the Future 3 at the end of 2. So while 1 and 2 were a better unintentional unit, 2 and Mm 3 were written, shot, produced together and released one year apart. Gotcha. That's why why they feel so kind of lopsided. Because Back to the Future 1 is a pretty much perfect movie. The setups and payoffs are done without you even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And in 2 and 3, that happens. But you have to watch them together to pick up like, oh, Flea is introduced in 2015. And he's not really a factor until the end of 3, et cetera, et cetera, all over the place. Uh, ZZ Top, I can't explain that one, though, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, uh, here's my list. Number 10, uh, a movie you can't see anywhere, Cocoon. And then Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Both movies about communicating with a being that we can't understand. And the love and joy of life. Close Encounters, a bit more about the creation of art than Cocoon's like enjoying the time you have with your loved ones themes. But still very uh, gooey. Number nine, two hard-boiled 70s paranoia thrillers. Uh, All the President's Men, the film about the Watergate scandal and the Parallax View, which is a fiction story that has one of the most disturbing sequences I've ever seen in my life, where you essentially see the main character, like an undercover detective, uh, become radicalized into hateful right-wing theories. And this is like 1970s uh, stuff. Oddly prescient film. Danny Weiser, (laughs) it's in his top 10. He would pick it out of the Criterion Closet if he could. He loves I've it. I've never even heard Throw of it. Throw Clute in. Throw Clute in and, you know, yes. you got a trilogy. Clute is the actual other one in that trilogy. Yeah. For, Which for I watched recently. Clute heads out there. There for are dozens the of you. All those heads who love Jane Fonda's no. monologues to the camera. What up, Clute Nash? Jane Fonda's like, I oh like God. I like sex. I enjoy it. And everyone goes, whoa, the Clute heads. Clute Nash. Clute-nash. Uh, we need to start Clute-nash pod. Hashtag Put that on a t-shirt. Is there a deeper niche than like an Austin Powers podcast? A monthly podcast? podcast where we watch Clute and that's it. <laughs> that's, we watch Clute over and over again. I think you, insane first. And we can call it a dumb podcast. <laughs> Boom. Kev is obsessed with every podcast po- being <gasps> ADP. <laughs> it's the brand. It's the brand. It's very funny. Okay, there's no monthly Clute podcast. I Googled it. <laughs> there's a market. I don't it's know what Clute is. I've never it's heard of it. It's life. like a thriller with Jane Fonda and uh, what's his face? Um, Kev, you know him. You know. What's his name? Cl- <laughs> I have You're no very idea. Very famous actor. I've okay, totally stalled out. Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. There you go. Yeah. And Warren Schneider. There you go. See, you've seen him and other stuff. 
Yeah. Speaking of Roy Scheider, number eight, Midnight Run and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Ooh. Uh, Midnight Run, nice. a bit more serious, but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, much more heart. And it closes out on a nice, like, I am done watching movies now vibe. Um, Midnight Run is very silly. I recommend it. It's on America's Network Paramount Plus, so check it out. Is Planes, Trains, um, and Automobiles the only good Thanksgiving movie? Are there other Thanksgiving movies? <laughs> Say, how many my, Thanksgiving movies? My Thanksgiving movie is Fiddler on the Roof that has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. It's just the color palette matches the holiday. Yeah, my, the first thing that came to my mind was Knives Out. I was like, it's not a Thanksgiving movie at all. It just feels fall. Yeah. And speaking of Knives Out, my number seven is the recently released See How They Run up front. Kind of silly. And then, of course, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, which is a bit oh. more complicated. But... And, and you could take it seriously and kind of try to figure it out at least or see how they run is very uh, I enjoy it but it's pre- it's basic it's a good first feature it's so good mm. it's great highly recommended uh, number six no big deal two of the greatest movies of all time uh, Beauty and the Beast the original 1991 Disney animated classic and The Shape of Water two movies about how love overcomes the fear of the unknown <sighs> Ty just got the most uncomfortable look on his face. Ever yeah, seen. I know. I know. He's famously a Shape of Water hater. It's just me not. and Kev are together. Kev, I'm with you. Just, just look at me. Don't look over there. Don't look at the other, <laughs> at the other panels. Just look at me. I, I didn't see it. If I'm being honest, so. we did the Shape of Water in June. I love that movie so much. It's so great. And uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they are united by that. Again, a lighter fare, and then Shape of Water riffs on Beauty and the Beast a little bit while being also much more present in current conversations around fear of the unknown and hate. And if you can get past the, the fish anatomy of it, which is about 30 seconds of the film, bonafide classic. 30 seconds of the film, folks. This isn't tar, okay? Anyway. Uh, number five is two movies that no one on this panel has seen, Mothra and the Adam West 1966 Batman feature film. Uh, as someone who has seen the entire first half of the Batman series, you just need to watch that movie. That is all you need. You do not need to watch any of the television show, except for the Liberace episode. Um, and yeah, you know, campy, fun, 60s. It wouldn't be me if that wasn't represented on a list. Mm-hmm. I went with my favorite kaiju, Mothra, in a film that was very silly, very light, very Austin Powersy, without having to put Austin Powers on the list. Um, would have been a great third for an honorable mention column about trilogies, by the way, Austin Powers. There we go. There we go. Just a thought. Uh, you know, I should have brought that back. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great, uh, so you married an axe murderer to spy who shagged me to, or Wayne's world to spy who shagged me. Yes. End again. with Heather Graham. You got to end with Unof- Heather unofficial, an unofficial duo. Also, uh, so I married an axe murderer in the pentavirate, which we covered <laughs> on Austin danger podcast. There you That's go. right. They're linked. They are in the same they universe. Remember the all same those great canonically. Remember all those great payoffs to Axe Murderer in the Pentaveret? <laughs> all those great references to that film? No. Yep. No. <laughs> Speaking of films with great dialogue and repartee, wait, wait, number wait. four. I have a, Go ahead. I have a question about Mothra. Is Mo- Go is Godzilla in Mothra, or is Mothra the good guy? And who does Mothra fight? Mothra fights some other creature. I don't even remember to Mothra be quite honest with you. Mothra and Godzilla might be in love, or at least people on the yeah. internet say so. It's a if whole you Google thing. Mothra and Godzilla, there's like fan art of them being married. There is, is a movie. Horrors. Frustratingly, there is Godzilla versus Mothra as a movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's got like it's kind of kind of like Godzilla versus King Kong. It's got all the best stuff from this, but uh, yeah. 
again, it's not as pure because you're not seeing it for the first time like King Kong. Uh, it feels more of a parody or whatever. Um, that one's in the Criterion box set and Mothra on its own, the solo film, is not, which is the scourge of my life, basically. <laughs> Every morning How I wake up How many letters have you written to Criterion about that? Scourge <laughs> of my life. No more than half. You can unsent. send a suggestion to them. Like, and I have gotten under the influence of things and sent Criterion <laughs> emails being like, why isn't Joe's in the Criterion collection? <laughs> um, but there was one time where I, I did send Double Indemnity should be in the Criterion collection and six months later it was added. So I think maybe, maybe you. they listen. Maybe they listen. Genu- genuinely. I don't know. Maybe they listen because I did suggest it. And then they, so it's like suggestions at Criterion.com or something weird. So me and Danny could little potentially <laughs> get Little Big League into the Criterion. You should, you should email about it. Bill Durham's in there. Why not? You know, they have baseball movies. <laughs> Bill Durham. True. Bull Durham. Bull Durham is, it's, whatever it is. Bill Durham. Is it Bull Durham? Bull Durham. Bill Durham. <laughs> That's the name of the. Oh, I thought it was Bill Durham's the movie. It's bull, that's so funny. God, that's so. I thought funny. forever the movie's called Bill Durham. When are you guys gonna guy's put guy's good name. Bill Durham in the cartoon? <laughs> I always. Oh. There's not even a character named Bull. What does that mean? Bull Durham is it's the name of a of a baseball team. They're they play in Durham, North Carolina. And they're now the I'm Bulls. learning. So the Bulls. Now I'm learning. Yeah. Well, that movie's in the Criterion Collection. As it should be. Yeah, Bull Durham, incredible it. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I got paid today and I ordered like five five Criterion movies. It's an incredible we love movie. It, we love it. We love it. Speaking of the Criterion collection, uh, number four, witty repartee between man and dame, as that was the parlance of the time, The Thin Man and Charade, a movie Ooh. I once called Charade and got roasted so hard I left <laughs> the earth. Yeah. I called it that by mistake and I've never forgotten it the a entire charade. decade and a half. Wait, I call it Charade. Is it not Charade? It is charade, as if, as in charade. <laughs> I thought it was like one of those potato, potato words. Thank you very much. I right? feel so much better. I Isn't literally it? like, I my heart is resting finally in its natural place. Because it's after like, ten years. Enough with this charade. I feel like people have said that a lot. You know. Well, um, one woman, a Best Buy customer, I'll never forget. Didn't let me forget it. Wait, and like, then she came back the next day because she forgot random something. Person? Just... Was, she was buying charade at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Is it bad that I think she sounds rad? <laughs> Whoever this random best my She just randomly is. goes around and corrects people on the terminology of charade and charade. Wait, was she being funny and nice about it or was she like being overly rude? She was being funny and nice about it. I just okay. have some pretty core severe issues. Gotcha. And so I couldn't get over it clearly. So that's my gotcha. Life. That's my. Yeah, I get it. Uh, speaking of things I'll never get over, number three is a Tim Burton double feature. Mm. First, his riff on the films of Ed Wood, Mars Attacks, and then the biopic of Ed Wood, one of the greatest films of all time. How do you like nice. that? I um, know nothing about it, so I don't. Uh, do you? Do you guys know nothing, or, or is well, Ty against? Well, it's Tim Burton has only made two good movies, and it's Batman and Beetlejuice. The first Batman? Yeah. Excuse you. Not even Batman oh, Returns, man. the superior film. No. You gotta, Jesus you gotta listen Christ. to Austin Danger Pod. I say some stuff I about do. Batman '89 that's gonna, uh, you're gonna tear your hair out. Batman Big Returns Fish is good. Better for me, absolutely. I'm I just like not Big a Burton Fish. guy, you know. Oh yeah, it's it's Big Fish and Beetlejuice. Yeah. Big Fish there you is go. Alzheimer for me, absolutely. It's funny because I think most of his movies are good, except for most of the recent ones. So, uh, I you did weren't give... a big. Uh, 
what's the movie where Johnny Depp's a vampire and then like, Dark oh shows. no, Eva Green's in love with you. Sorry, this I took a date, most attractive okay. person in the world is in love with you. I, I took sucks. a date to see Dark Shadows. I was Dark working Shadows. at the movies and uh, or whatever. I've, oh, we got in for free for the IMAX of Dark Shadows. We were the only people there on a Thursday night, week three. So everyone knew it was foul, but she wanted to see it. Uh, the lights come up. She turns to me and goes, you pick the movies from now on. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. it was pretty foul. It was pretty foul. Um, Dark Shadow sucks. Here's two. Here's four movies that don't suck. You ready? Yeah. Let's Number go. two. Let's go. Uh, I recently saw these movies this year for the first time. Matinee, the Joe Dante, really sweet, nice movie about loving movies and B movies in particular, and Popcorn, which is a movie that was filmed in Jamaica for some reason, about a midnight monster movie marathon with a lot of the same effects you'd see in films like Matt, like you see them in matinee, but you'd see them in things like the tingler and the creeping terror and stuff where you'd have like puppets and smoke and the seats would electrocute your butt or whatever. Um, <laughs> while a serial killer goes through the theater, killing the kids who are putting on the show. Uh, so okay. that's fun. My number one, <laughs> uh, speaking about movies and, and things they riff off. Here are two comic book films that I've seen recently and have become favorites. They were both covered on Austin Danger podcast. Yes. They are Jim Carrey in The Mask and Warren Beatty's tricked out masterwork, better than Batman 89, Dick Tracy. Yes. <laughs> um, the Mask dresses like Dick Tracy. He wears he a bright yellow suit. He screams, somebody stop him. And yet, despite it being in their best interest, no one does. <laughs> Dick Tracy's just weird. It's like the speed racer of its time in terms of just being weird. Uh, Listen to Austin Danger podcast for Kev's full unhinged thoughts. Ties so mad. Yeah. Tracy. That wasn't supposed to be an ad, by the way. That was a sincere, like, oh, I would no. watch Keep that double feature in. this minute. Ty's so upset. Look at him just fuming over there. Just, Jim Carrey's the worst. I'm sorry. He's just not funny. The mask is so fun. Oh, I, I think I have the mask at half a star, and, like, I would easily put it in my bottom five movies of all. You did, Whoa. and we, we laughed at it on the show, I think, when we did The Mask. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I completely forgot that. I should have used that as bait. I should have been better about it. But I uh, I totally forgot that you hated The Mask. So I much. forgot to update my ranking, so I don't even remember what I have them, what I rated The Mask. But I think it was decent because I had a good time. That's so funny. So, yeah, um, that's our lists. Nice. Very good list. Very much more well thought out than ours, even though this is our show. So, um uh, did you guys have any that just missed your list? Any that you thought of recently that you feel like give a sh- need a shout? Because I realize sometimes when we record this show and I have an idea of what should have been on my list, I write it down and I realize I kind of have a bunch of them. <laughs> um, I wish I had done a John Waters with anything. Not okay. Hairspray and Hairspray the Musical, but ugh, I don't know, like anything. Like maybe Jailhouse Rock, the Elvis movie with Crybaby would have been mm-hmm. solid. Maybe a little too close, but... It's an Elvis riff by the guy who riffed on the 50s in the funny way and not the horrifying way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I almost put Fan of the Paradise with Rocky Horror because that was something I did a lot in high school. I think they're mm. a little too different, but I personally like them as like uh, 70s rock opera musicals. Uh that was something I also, I did not put it, but I did do this double feature myself recently of Ethan Mama Sambian and Harold and Maude, uh, which was a, because there's a poster for Harold and Maude in Ethan Mama Sambian. And I was like, okay, the filmmaker's giving us a clue here. Let's continue. Um, both films about like young men who 
kind of have feelings for older women, obviously Harold and Maude to a much more extent, and they're films about how love and death are inexplicably linked and what it feels like to, to lose someone you love. Uh, so that was, I thought it may be a bit too weird, but that was a double feature I personally took recently and actually dug a lot. Bull Durham um, also sort of about a younger man having feelings for an older woman. Sort of. I got Maybe that's a universe I need to. I need to start watching. <laughs> it's a love triangle movie. The Cougar verse, if you will. <laughs> the Cougar verse. <laughs> uh, I was writing down a bunch. I opened the episode with this, but it, the Phantom Thread and Devil Wears Prada. Ooh. Um, super Phantom bad Thread and smart, Tar. We mentioned. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think you called that out on the show, right, McKenzie? Maybe I don't know. What else you got, Danny? Sorry. Uh, we men- mentioned Superbad and Booksmart, uh, When Harry Met Sally and Set It Up, just will they, won't they, enemies to lovers-ish uh, rom-coms, The Bad Guys, and Ocean's Eleven. Mm. A couple of heist movies would be a fun time. Uh, cool. The the ba- Is that the animated one? Yeah, just came where out? they're like animals, heist movie. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, cool Runnings and D2, The Mighty Ducks. Oh. Olympics mm. movies. Should have been on that'd my list. Great, that'd be great. That'd be great. Porco Rosso and Top Gun. <laughs> Should I just thought on of one list. that I, I can't believe I didn't have on my list. What is Charlie's it? Angels and Debs. I can't believe Ooh. I didn't put those together. Yeah. Yeah. That's those very like, good. Those are the, yeah, wow. Man, Why that's did I very not do that? Good. That's my brand. Why did I not think of that? The Revenge of Debs. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is The Illusionist and The Prestige. Just two magician <laughs> movies that came out in the same year for some reason. The Illusionist is a very different but still I great movie. Them. That was the yeah. one. I was that kid, that, that diseased kid who went to see The <laughs> Illusionist that weekend. But uh, yeah, loved it. Lovely performance. I, I by do. Ed I almost chose The Illusionist for Wisdom at one point because I noticed Ty hadn't seen it, but I didn't know that if it would have turned into a great episode for us three specifically to talk about. It's a very tricky movie to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, it's just wor- worse than The Prestige. <laughs> yes, that is true. Year, so. It is. It is great value of The Prestige. Yeah, I think yeah. if that movie had come out like two years before, then maybe people would think more fondly of it, but. Um, okay yeah that's true hey i uh, had some that i left off my list danny if you want to i'm sorry i thought you were busy watching the world series <laughs> uh pacific rim and godzilla vs kong Ooh, just some kaiju okay. action going on that's uh good. the sting oceans 11 or out of sight in oceans 11 mm-hmm. um what else did i have i had i think that's about it but, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had one. I can't remember what it was. Shop Come around the on. corner and you've got mail is great because yes, you've got mail is a remake of Shop Around the Corner. Um, but yeah, it's about it. I think maybe. Okay. Nice. All right. Uh, can I get to the emails? Now? Yeah, that's fine. Is that okay? All right. Uh, we got a bunch of them, so I want to get want to get to these. Um, first one's from my friend Highlander. He said, I love bouncing from movie to movie either because I enjoyed an actor's performance and want to see another film with them or because the time period or subject matter stuck with me and I want to stay in that world longer. Mm. Some of these you may not have heard of. And then he put Danny in parentheses. So, like, I get it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But all of them are worth checking out. His honorable mentions are – his theme for honorable mentions, which I love when when emails use the theme, movies that can replace another movie. Um, He said, Once Upon a Time and Every Manson Movie Ever Made – Way more sure. enjoyable than watching that psychopath. Okay. Uh, the Patriot, which is Braveheart, but shorter, apparently. It's still um, and then, really long. That's a really long movie. Yeah. They play and it then, like every... I don't know what holiday they play it on, but they definitely play it on a holiday on like TBS or something, and it's mm-hmm. like a five-hour time slot. <laughs> oh, my God. It's too much. Uh, and then this one, Hot Take, Knives Out, which he says is 
Clue but good, which I don't appreciate. But Clue, clue is an all-timer. What? Clue is rules. good. I don't understand. Clue is incredible. Uh, Highlander bad clues. take. Clue is so much sorry, better than I've Knives Out. I'm sorry, I've seen Knives Out, but Knives Out doesn't have Madeline Kahn, so oh. already... Listen, already Knives, out, Knives Out is incredible, loses. but Clue is a nearly perfect movie. So. It's true. Clue is, clue is an all-timer for if me. They, Highlander bad take. If they don't put Olivia Coleman in the Madeline Kahn spot when they remake Clue, then I'm not going to go see it, because that's the only yep. person that, that nice. can pull it off. His number 10 is Seconds and Selfless. He said, Getting that new you. You got that that Frankenheimer. Number nine is Crimson Tide and the Hunt for Red October Life on a Submarine. Sure. Such a dad. That's the ultimate dad double feature. Yeah, Yeah, Highlander's dad as hell for sure. Uh, Eight is Pump Up the Volume and Heathers. Uh, Christian Slater is at his sarcastic best. Pump up the volume, uh, one of the most underrated movies ever, 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 ever. Amazing. Okay. Movie. I don't think I've ever even heard right. of it. So Do they play it. Pump the Jam in that? Mm, uh, on good question. Jam. Good question. Uh, number seven is High Rise and the Belco Experiment, People Under Pressure. Uh, is High Rise is... the one with the rock where he has to, like, go up the building? That's Skyscraper, literally. Uh, okay. No is imagination involved in that. Is it the one where Joseph Gordon-Levitt walks on a tightrope? That's the walk, literally. <laughs> that is uh, that so funny. I'm not kidding. Is have. it the one uh, where Idris Elba fights a beast? <laughs> no, that's beast. No, Sorry. no, that's no. That's beast, Sonic the Hedgehog literally. too. Literally. <laughs> oh, wow. A plus from Kev. A plus stuff from wow. Kev. That's rule so of good. three. We love the rule of three. Uh, number six is Leon the Professional and True Grit 2010. Girls getting revenge. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good one. one. Getting revenge, and then you have like a... a like young girl, older mentor, even though it gets a little weird in Leon, but who's the supporting on true grid. Is that Matt Damon? Uh, Matt. Yeah. He's the been way better. If, would have been way better if he screamed everyone. Uh, is that in Leon? Is that what we're talking about? Oh no. True grit movies. is that's Matt Damon. Right. The mm-hmm. supporting one in Leon is Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. That's the joke. Yeah. Oh, you're saying he should have yeah. said that in True Grit. Thank you very much. Jokes are funnier when like, you have to explain them. Good job, Ty. We got it. We got it. We got it. really, really we punched that one we up. We got there. It was hard fought, but we made it. Really good punch up for McGowan. I've seen neither movies. <laughs> uh, five is Casino Royale and Rounders. He says just sure. watch poker. Yeah. Uh, four is The, the Hustler biggest... and Color of Money, an actual sequel 25 years apart. Three is The Conversation and Enemy of the State, the unofficial sequel to The Conversation, as far as I'm concerned. Is the conversation the? Uh, is that a it's Academy? It's the best picture winner from like nineteen seventy something. Not, not Dustin Hoffman. It's it's Gene uh, Hackman. Gene Hackman. Hackman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two it. is Bridge on the River Kwai and The Great Escape, World yes. War Two prisoner of war movies. Sounds like a fun time. Cool. Bridge on the River uh, Kwai is what, boring. <laughs> what an afternoon is, that would be. <laughs> number one, just the most dad answers of all time. Number one is Full Metal Jacket and Platoon, two of the best god. Vietnam War movies. Oh my god! So he's got Vietnam War movies, World War II day. prisoner of war movies. Gosh, I would go. I, I think I'd go so Platoon. I think I would go Platoon first, then Full Metal Jacket. Sure. Okay. I'm also. I'm just not watching those movies back and back. I think. I know the the second half of Full Metal Jacket like gets a lot of slack, but I really like it. 
Uh, all right, next one is from Jaeger. He says, well, I've got a list. It might not be very creative, but here it goes. Hey, neither was mine. It's okay. Here. Uh, his honorable mentions are uh, the theme is true sequels or almost true sequels. Um, Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2018. Yep, that was that was on my list until I reread some reviews from Ty McGowan on the new Halloween movies. And I was like, oh, let's not have that conversation tonight. <laughs> Look, I don't that, know if anyone's saying this, but is Halloween the worst movie franchise of all time? I ask Here's you, the thing. I, I think you may... We can't, like, due to time constraints, can't have that conversation tonight. We're already at an hour and 26 minutes in to this part. And that's after, our house. Yeah, after an hour. Half. This is okay. gonna, listen, this is going to be a three-hour episode. Yeah, ours it's fine. went, like, almost an hour. How come every before? time I show up, the episodes are three <laughs> hours it. long? We say every week, if, if the guest portion is longer than the front half portion, then it's a good episode, and I stand by it. Uh, anyway, um, the answer to your question is yes, but we can get into that another time. <laughs> Jaeger continues his honorable mentions, Home Alone 1 and 2. Sure. Okay. Um, and then Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Return of the King, which it feels weird to just leave out the first Omit. one. There. I was there, the Gandalf. The best for me, too. Yeah. I yeah. was there, Gandalf. I was there 30 seconds ago when Jaeger blew off Fellowship of the Ring like it didn't <laughs> exist. The first is also weirdly a good standalone. I think it needs the whole trilogy, yes. mm-hmm. but also the first one, I think. I've, I've watched the first one alone more than I've watched them all together. Yeah, like, same. It's a good standalone. Fellowship's lit. Same. Yeah. Uh, all right. His number ten, the David Arquette pro wrestling saga, ready to rumble, and you cannot kill David Arquette. Yeah, great double feature. Mm-hmm. That wow. that documentary that that you can't kill David Arquette is awesome. Recommended for Scream fans. Okay. Uh, nine is Disaster Duo, Twister, and Volcano. Yes, great. Um, eight, this rules. Legal Ladies, my cousin Vinny and Aaron Brockovich. Yes, that rules. Lovely. What a it's good biological figure. clock is ticking. <laughs> Number seven is the Pirate Treasure Party, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, and The Goonies. Ooh, I did solid. That actually, really Curse good. of the Black Pearl like lives up to the the hype that it had when it came out. It is still mm-hmm. so good. And the first video I bought for my iPod video, and I watched it on a tiny <laughs> screen about this big with the right bars, right? Face. Yeah, well, that's how I watched so The funny. Irishman. Um, <laughs> number six, the Nick Cager, Con Air, and Face Off. Oh. I still yeah. haven't seen Face Off, which is a mistake. I need to see it too. Oh it's a mistake. God. Seems right what are we even alley. doing tonight on, with this show? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, what about the time, rock? Apparently, what about the Rock? Like, what it is? I don't. I might go the Rock and Connor. I don't, I don't really want to see Black Adam that I, bad. Never, no, no, not. The I know. Rock I know. Actor. I'm making a joke, Ty. Quit explaining my our bad jokes, <laughs> Danny. It's it's not the actor, okay? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you the worst. Uh, number five, Bangers Ball, a goofy movie, and pop star never stop, never stopping. Ooh, yeah. Just a plus from Meager. Uh, four <laughs> is just because Napoleon Dynamite and Office Space. Okay. Didn't get, didn't get a theme title there, but I okay. do like the pairing. Uh, big big cult comedies from yeah. ninety eight to yeah oh five or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like make it. the two uh, dates those movies came out the range, and there you go. You got a theme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, three, the theme is Adventures Under the Influence. It's Friday and Super Bad, which good. rules. Oh, okay. Very it's good. Very good. I like good. that. If you haven't seen uh, Smiley Face either, that's also a great um, mm. person gets high and just tries to make it through the day. Uh, and it's very, it's a very funny movie. That's very fun. Uh, two is 80s Kick Punchers, Bloodsport and Best of the Best. Thank you, Jaeger. Thank you from wow, both me and Brandon. Wow. Eric Brandon. Roberts is in the stratosphere right now. His <laughs> Brandon, ears both are you. burning red. Steam's coming out. His ears are ringing. Uh, number one is very good. Kids being kids. It's the Sandlot and Heavyweights. 
Oh, which is very nice. good. Jaeger, your list ruled. You like kind of opened with a self-deprecating thing, but your list rules. Ooh, the Sandlot and Little Giants probably could have been on my list. Yeah. Kids playing sports. I'd also go like camp, like summer camp. You go heavyweights Ooh. into wet, hot American summer. Wet, hot, yep. That's yep, good. Yep, yep. I like yeah. that a lot. Which uh, is, right, ne- speaking as someone who has worked for a summer camp, is now currently working for a summer camp, uh-huh. Wet Hot American Summer is the most accurate depiction of <laughs> summer camp ever. It is completely blown out of proportion, but it is so accurate. It's like Why are you yelling at me? And like working at a hospital. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. Oh, so you guys have an astronomer? <laughs> <laughs> what camp does a, medi- do? a meteor is about to hit. Yeah. Uh, but the camp counts. The camp. Uh, lady is having an affair did with you just did going insane on your day off you know shooting heron wow <laughs> talk talking to it wow Lovely good town, even just for just an hour yeah. uh speaking of the devil our next email is from brandon, brandon hey. he got, got it he in knew. just under the wire. yeah i had i had to add him in the discord because he almost forgot but he got it in just under the wire um he says i used to have a letterbox list specifically for double feature ideas and apparently i deleted it would have been would have made coming up with this list much easier but here 10 i think would be a lot of fun uh, number 10 is Secret Honor and All the President's Men. Says, oh, not, hell yeah. Do you not like Richard Nixon? Have I got the double feature for you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, good. If, if you don't know what Secret Honor is, it's Robert Altman's uh, really strange film of Philip Baker Hall, the legend, Austin Ninja Podcast legend, Philip Baker Hall, uh, doing a one-man show from inside the Oval Office as Richard Nixon. It is made for Mr. Danny Weiser to enjoy. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, it is I your think you're film, lying man. to me, but I didn't realize you're such a Nixon <laughs> <you>. head. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically Top Gun Maverick. Lying to my face, but Nixon I do appreciate it. Well, he, yeah. Danny yeah. does have that Steve-O like tattoo on his back. Don't do this, Ty. <laughs> Don't do this. Uh, his number nine is the program in Blue Chips. When college coaches get desperate, Ooh. this is a great pick. I love blue chips. This is a really excellent pick. Um, eight is the killing of a Chinese bookie and uncut gems. Being a degenerate gambler down to your last chance is not a good place to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seven is Blue Ruin and Rolling Thunder. Before you Mm -hmm. embark on a journey to revenge, dig two graves. Brandon's so good at this. It's really frustrating that I host this podcast and he doesn't. Um, Number six is Wet Hot American Summer and Sleepaway Camp. Sure. Oh, Sleepaway Camp is that's funny. Freaking nuts. (laughs) Sometimes the summer at camp could be magical. Sometimes it can go another way. I would love Another to way. sit next to Danny while watching Sleepaway Camp to see his like reaction to the ending of that. It's unfortunate that uh, the law says we can't be that close to each other, but maybe next time. Uh, number five is Knives Out and Clue, my two favorite whodunits. Yeah. Great choice. There we go. That's sure the respect you. on Clue's name, I like to say. Thank you for bringing it together, Brandon. Uh, four is Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. Duh. Listen, Brandon just gets us. Sure. You know. It does, really it gets do. us. Three is Ed Wood and Matinee. Just said movies are the best. Boom. The pander comes out. <laughs> wow, wow. Wow. Heavy pander. <laughs> the pander arrives. Where's my pander? Yeah, he goes top. He goes top gun, top gun Maverick into Ed Wood Matinee. He's just, he knows his audience. Okay. Um, two is total recall in seconds. The grass isn't always are. greener when you want someone else's life. All right, Brandon, I'll remember this. <laughs> Unless the first one includes Bound or Scooby-Doo. Uh, Nothing's for me here. Uh, one is Hard Eight and the Friends of Eddie Coyle. Okay. Oh. I like that. Aging low-level criminals try desperately sure to I escape did. the gravity of their pasts. Wow. Big Fro Baker Brandon. Hall rap. Fro oh. Baker Hall, the ledge. He's, he ends at your friend Brandon. P.S. Love you, Kevin McKenzie. 
Love you, so. He didn't pander to you specifically, Mackenzie, but he did bring it back. He does love me, and that's that's all yeah. I really need. It's important. Mackenzie, if you were doing a bound to Scooby-Doo double feature, how would you present it? And would you rather do mm. just Scooby-Doo 2 instead of Scooby-Doo? I don't think those work in any capacity in any way. Um, I don't even know how I would present that because they don't work in any way, what shape or form. I guess, I guess, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, my brain's like, I can connect the scene in Scooby-Doo too when she goes, who's your mommy? In a, in a, uh, with the, the first 30 minutes of Bound, I guess. I don't know. Um, I have no idea how I would connect this. I was trying to find a good feature for Bound, but I, I wasn't sure what to put it with. That would, uh, um, speaking of a TikTok, a TikTok that I sent y'all, you and Mackenzie, Avengers Endgame and Scooby-Doo 2, I believe, because you've got the I am Iron Man, and, you, and then you've got the I'm Scooby-Dooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Dooby-Doo. <laughs> and he Dumb. hits the thing, and he throws all the muscles, because he's the king. Uh, next one's from Callie. <laughs> That's through. my I number seen one it. on Letterboxd right now. <laughs> Sitting through Endgame and then watching... Scooby-Doo 2. That would honestly be <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Poor Danny trying to get, get us together here. It's fine. I, I got to order dinner. It's like 8.30 p.m. and I still haven't even ordered dinner. <laughs> All right. Well, right. Two, more, two more emails. The next one's from Callie. She says, hey, Danny, Ty, Mackenzie, and Kev. I can't hey. wait to listen to this week's episode. Alex isn't sending in a list this week because he said it's too much work. Dot, 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 lame. It sounds like he's scared to me. I, I made my list in about 25 minutes, but I'm a freak. Me too. I also made my list in about 25 minutes, and this is my show, so it's fine. <laughs> I think Alex is just tired of losing is the deal, which I get it. Um, so, so so you're tired from losing. So you're mm-hmm. going to lose by default? Yeah, lose by default by not even participating. Take that, Alex. Story of my life, bud. I'm with you. Go on. Take that, Alex. Uh, her honorable mentions are holiday movies, uh, Cozy Christmas and The Holiday. Or Sorry, Cozy Christmas double feature, The Holiday and Love Actually. Okay. It's good. Um, and then Halloween, Tim Burton, double feature, Beetlejuice, and Edward Scissorhands. So a lovely film. Um, no, her number 10 is Mamma Mia, double feature, which is the two Mamma Mia movies, which, right. yeah, it's dunk a great, head they're great water times. and then dunk your head in gasoline. Um, that's, that's Mamma I Mia. I do think, I do think those films are, um, I like them both individually, but I think as a double feature, which we did recently, the second mm. one is weaker to me when it's followed immediately by the first. When the second one is like its own thing, I'm like, okay, cool. But when oh. you the, the first is perfect to me. And I've never watched them back to back, but yeah. I do prefer the second one. But that's mostly because Lily James is in the second one. That's true. Well, it's true. I don't know. Watching so. them back to back made the second one worse for me, weirdly, because the first one is just so uproariously fun. But you know what's funny me. about that is that happened to me with the Avengers, where I but they did a thing at the Alamo Draft House by my college where they showed the first one before Age of Ultron, like the premiere. Mm-hmm. So me and a buddy went. We watched the first Avengers and we're like, okay, this is 2015. We don't know better. This is still awesome. And then we watched Age of Ultron and I was like, is this movie garbage? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's garbage it anymore, necessarily. <laughs> but, but it kind of sticks. It really it's sticks. It's sticks. <laughs> it just brought into Star it brought into Stark huh? relief like everything <laughs> okay. that was wrong about it. Um, yeah. including its director and writer. Moving on. What about uh, the Avengers double feature and then Mystery Team? Ty, please, God, can I get through these emails? We've been here for so long. <laughs> Stop doing this. Uh, 
Number nine is the Princess Diaries double feature, which is Princess Diaries and Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement, of course. Sure. A plus. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, she says Pirates of the Caribbean and then Dead Man's Chest is her number uh, eight. Sure. Number seven is Steven Spielberg slash Animals That Try to Kill You double feature, Jurassic Park and Jaws, mm. which that's a good day. Uh, number six is Murder Mystery double feature, Clue and Knives Out. Thank nice. you. Five is John Hughes double feature, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Breakfast Club. It's a great day. Um, her number four, she goes Star Wars double feature. She goes Rogue One into A New Hope, which I great. love. Great. Yeah, I love choosing those two specifically. Uh, three, of course, this is a great pick. Nora Ephron, Meg Ryan double feature. When Harry met Sally and You've Got Mail. Hard to beat. Two, Greta Gerwig, Saoirse Ronan, Timothy Chalamet double feature. Lady Bird and Little Women. She knows what podcast how, she's how running into. How about that scene where it. Timmy is screaming on that hill and Little Women? Oh. Great scene. I think about that scene almost like once a day. <laughs> where's where's he's my not kidding little women? <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's crazy. Crazy. That you, that That's the title. <laughs> um, and then her number one is Avengers double feature, Infinity War and Endgame. She says, "I know this is a super basic answer, but I really can't watch Infinity War without following it with Endgame." Which I agree. Infinity War kind of boring by itself, I think. But when you pair it together, it's great. Uh, and then the last one, last but certainly not least, from our good friend Pat. He says, Ty, Danny, Mackenzie, Kev, I cannot wait to hear this episode. It's going to be a classic. No bit for me this time. There are too many great films waiting to be paired up. Some of mine feature strong parallels, while others are just based on vibe. His honorable mentions are Fargo and Kill Bill Volume 2. Ooh, mm. interesting. Uh, Miller's Crossing and Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Oh, okay. I get what he's doing here. And, and No Country for Old Men and Jackie Brown. Okay. Uh, sure. His top 10. Number 10, let's start with Carpenter's The Thing, and then after our tummies have settled, we'll queue up Alien and be really worried about Jonesy the whole film. I need, uh, a, I need like a gallon of Pepto-Bismol next time <laughs> watching those back-to-back. Uh, nine, after having our bodily inte- integrity violated most brutally, we'll lose our family jewels to the smoothest thief, thief in cinema in the Thomas Crown Affair. And then have our identity stolen by a gig economy felon in Emily the Criminal, one of my favorite films from 2022. Oh, interesting. I haven't seen yet, but I've heard good things. Uh, number eight, this one's likely been mentioned already as it's been well covered online, but it still deserves a place here. But maybe this time we'll, we'll ro- watch it in reverse order, starting with Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope and ending the evening with Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. Ooh. Sure. Okay. Uh, seven is let's see what the devil has in store for poor Reagan when we start with The Exorcist, 1973, and then we'll experience a happy childhood with little Damien, complete with a loyal pet oh. dog and loving nanny in The Omen, 1976. Very good. Love it. No, I would I'm, switch I'm it, busy. though. I'd go Omen, then Exorcist, but I love that pairing. Danny, you I can't come hang that. out that day, Pat. I'm so sorry. I'm really busy. <laughs> that was Danny's nightmare. Number six, next we'll get our war on with the ultra-patriotic Sergeant York from 1941, followed by a grimmer but much superior film in Spielberg's classic Saving Private Ryan. It's a very heavy day. Uh, Five, we'll continue with the modern master theme and take a trip to the shore with Jaws, which will serve as the opener for Jordan Peele's brilliant genre-mixing film Nope. Yeah, Nope Nope was there for me for a while. I forget what Um, it was. Anyway. I like that. Four, in our most vibey pairing, we'll turn our gaze towards two very different views of romance on the big screen. In one of the greatest British films ever, David Lean takes an intimate look at a romance that tries to blossom in brief encounter. After we dry our eyes, we'll lighten the mood with the greatest rom-com ever, When Harry Met Sally. I like that. That's a good one. 
I haven't seen Brief Encounter. It's like so. the first ever rom-com. It's really good. But it is in black and white, so. Oh. <laughs> you know. Uh, number three, we'll ask our leading men to work in drag in this pairing, opening with Billy Wilder, Wilder's Stone Cold classic, Some Like It Hot, mm-hmm. and closing with Dustin Hoffman in the title role of Tootsie. The Wilder film stands the test of time much better than its newer counterpart. Sure. I haven't sure. seen either of those. <laughs> yes. Um, my high school film teacher hated the the sequence in Tootsie when they go to the farm so much that she just fast forwarded through it on the DVD. <laughs> and this was a cinema class, <laughs> and that that goes on for about fifteen minutes. So, will I ever um, watch Tootsie again? Outlook not so good. <laughs> uh, we close out the list with our Max Pander selections. Two, you can see the reflection of Bergman's psychological drama persona all over modern cinema, and one could find dozens of worthy pairings, but this is my list, and with Mackenzie guesting, the only possible choice is Mulholland Drive. Boom. Finally, we got a Mackenzie pander. Leave it to Pat, you know? There you go. Um, We conclude our pandering by opening with my favorite classic noir, Double Indemnity, pairing it with Mackenzie's favorite film and my current top film on Letterboxd, Bound. Because sometimes the queer viewing deserves to be text rather than subtext. Love the show, Steve. Your pal, Pat. What a guy. There you go. What a guy, Pat. You got some pander in there. there I go. was worried. I knew for a fact he was going to send in an email, but it went sent to our spam folder for some reason. And so I like had to shoot him a message saying, hey, uh, did something happen? Because I knew he was sending one. Bless him. Um, all right. Anything else before we skedaddle? We've been here for a hot minute. Sorry to take up your entire evening. I know Mackenzie's got to eat dinner. I had um, so much fun. I may have second dinner Hobbit style. I got to be honest. I had so much yeah. fun here tonight. Um, yeah. Do we want to play? Can Danny Weiser guess the next Austin Danger podcast okay. episode? Yeah, I now, need some hints. Dick Tracy airs this following Monday because it goes up mm-hmm. tomorrow, right? Yes. yes. Tomorrow. And bless you for that. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dick Tracy goes up Monday. It's a great episode. It's one of my favorites we've done. And we spun the wheel again. And. I could let's let's start basic. It is an animated film. Okay. Ooh, uh, is it is it Studio Ghibli? No. Okay. Um, we could do this twenty question style also, and I think I, I actually kind of like I, that. I, I need some. I ooh, think, is it? I noted this in the chat. My audio might be a little off, but I can I can give. It, I have a really good hint too. But okay. Yeah, I, I need it. Animated is not not quite enough for me. Okay. I'm worried my hint will immediately give it away. Ooh, okay. It was mentioned tonight. That was my gonna. That was gonna be my next hint. Yes. It was mentioned tonight. So it tonight. was mentioned in the Listen, list we, tonight. We talked about eighty-seven about, movies. We talked tonight. about two animated movies tonight, Danny. <laughs> we talked about four hundred movies tonight. It was in the list. There were. Two, I want to. I want to super help you movies. here. That's actually sure there were two in the lists. We did mention Porco Rosso, but remember I said it was not Ghibli. Yeah. Yeah. Have y'all did y'all spin this and then decided not to do it in the past? Wasn't there a movie? Um, no. Zodiac, I think, was one Kev. I oh, real yeah. talk, real talk. Imagine if Zodiac were animated. I um was going to do this one as my number fifty personal pick because it's one of my favorite movies ever, which I know does not narrow it down at all. Um, You're not is, doing Spider Man into the Spider Verse, are you? Uh, no, that was one we had to not do because you guys did it on mixtape that same exact week. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's the other movie that was mentioned. It's the other one. It was on Kev's list. That's right. Oh, I don't remember. It was paired with Shape of Water. Correct. It's thematically oh. very similar. 
you could say that the theme Disney, of the Shape of Water wow. Disney is Renaissance. the title. <laughs> Holy cow. Let's extend this episode another 10 minutes. I think that would be really, really. That's a heavy. Disney Beauty Renaissance, Beast, Danny. Wow. Are you going to talk? I, just, I said Beauty and <laughs> the Beast 14 times. <laughs> oh. Um, I said it like 36 times just now. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow, are you going to talk? Right. Are you going to talk? Sorry, that was an embarrassing showing for me. Are you going to talk about how Belle is mean to the people in the town? That's my point. So zero. mean. Thank you. I, so don't, mean. I don't know. I haven't watched this forever. Look at the I, baker. He is so stupid. Idiot. He can't even read because only I can. You know, I, it's, it's, it's the it's typical incel mindset. And where does she end up at the end? Locked up in the tower with the creepy beast. <laughs> Throw up all over myself. God, I Look, can't wait I for this I was a episode. brunette, bookish, not preppy girl. So Belle was the only princess I had growing up. She was my girl. Uh, but I have not watched this since childhood. So. She just, so, yeah. She's very mean to the people in that town. She just thinks they're all very stupid. Well, have you thought about the fact that she's pretty? That she can do whatever she wants? <laughs> it's true. She is a pretty I mean, they're also woman, not so. very charitable to her constantly Yeah, talking. they're kind of like, Oh, yeah, no, that town sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm putting the explicit tag on. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Mackenzie out of control. Yeah, they're like, I just this said talking nerd mess. over here. Oh, she likes her dad. <laughs> stupid. Like, that's what everybody in the town's like. Very mean town. Full of very mean people. Yeah, Fresh so yeah, come hang out on Monday. Come hang out on Monday for Austin Danger Podcast. And then the next week we're doing Beauty and the Beast. I'll be on Dune Pod that week as well. I think it's the week of the 14th. Talking Elvis. So ah. very exciting. Oh, because Austin Butler's in the next one. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fade Rotha. Mm-hmm. Hey, with these recent like Oscar, win- Oscar contenders coming out, it's looking good for Austin Butler to get that statue. Yeah, it really is. And he didn't even have to <laughs> humiliate himself in a Darren Aronofsky film. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that next month on Austin Danger Podcast. Yeah, if you Christ. if you like listening to Kevin McKenzie talk about movies, Austin Danger Podcast. Every week. Hours. It's fantastic. If you're not an Austin Powers fan, it's okay. It's sort of barely about Austin Powers. Yeah, we don't really so talk about Austin. They just talk about movies, and it's very good. Uh, also, McKenzie's doing Wisteria Gaze. Desperate yeah, Housewives you know, podcast. we're on and off. People yell at us on our Instagram all yep. the time because we're inconsistent with our release, but we are around. If you want to hear me and my friend talk about Desperate Housewives. It's fine. Kev's it's more got a funny bag. than anything else. A lot of people say it feels like just hanging out with your friends, and so that's the vibe of Wisteria Gaze. And uh, Kev's got a backlog of Ammonite Movie Night, which is on potentially permanent hiatus, but there is a backlog there if you like to listen to Kev talk about movies. It is now orbiting the Earth <laughs> one day to return. We shall see. One day. All right. Let's get out. Let's get out of here. It's been, there's a two hour guest segment on top of an hour long uh, discussion segment. Yeah. But it's fine. Let me, let me also say this is 45 minutes longer than most episodes of Austin Danger Podcast. (laughs) And this is the back half of rankings. Yeah. I was, somebody was talking to this, somebody, but let me hear discord the other day. It was like, thanks for podcasts that are under an hour. And I was like, I don't appreciate the personal attack. That That was was me. That was you. (laughs) Well, sorry that I just made you do a two hour guest segment. This was, this Um, was such a blessing. Every (laughs) time I come on rankings, I have to tell you, it's such a gift and it gets better every time. Love having you on. Glad, glad McKenzie was finally on. Yes. Um, Let's get out of though. Thank you for listening to the rankings. Huge thank you to Kevin McKenzie. Listen to us in Danger Podcast. Um, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RankingsPod. Don't forget the double K in the middle. Join our Discord. It's free, and you can find the link to that in our social media bio and our show notes. We will be back with a new episode next week. Until then. Say, so, hey, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did.
All right, all right, all right. 